Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the Thunderdome, on this Thursday, August 10th, 2023. This sports program starts right now. Football! It's happening tonight. We have two preseason yes. games happening on NFL Network. The Texans and Patriots will battle in a game in which a lot of the Patriots starters will not play, yeah. but a lot of the young studs on Houston mm-hmm. will play. There's Zip on the ball, Zappy playing, McSorley's <laughs> playing. We think tonight at 7 p.m. on NFL Network, there's going to be a good one. Now, we don't know what the third and fourth quarters are going to look like in any of these games, but we have football tonight, and once that game ends, it's not over. No, no, no. Mm-mm. The Vikings travel to Seattle to take on a Seahawks team, and we don't know who's playing for either of these teams, and obviously we should cover the Seahawks more because they had the number one offense in the NFL last they year. Did, right? So we do yes, apologize for that. It hasn't been a lot of chatter about the Seahawks. I saw DK Metcalf make a great catch mm-hmm. uh, at practice the other day. I assume they're going to be good. I don't think Kirk Cousins will play. That doesn't seem to be his MO, but tonight from 7 p.m. to about 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, we got NFL teams playing football. There's like six games, I think, tomorrow or, or Saturday. Yep, and both. Then there's two games on Sunday. Yep. We got a weekend packed with, you know, glimpses of what our teams could look like this upcoming season. Have news here out of Indianapolis. Anthony Richardson will be starting mm-hmm. for the Indianapolis Colts in the first preseason game. Come this on. comes one day after Mike Tannenbaum, former Jet general manager on ESPN, said, They'd be making a mistake they put uh, Anthony Richardson in too early. Jim Irsay came on our show and said, first of all, gonna save Lolita. Yes. Of course. He said first that. First and foremost. Yeah. A.K.A. Talkie Tay. He lit up t- Talkie for short, he said. I met Talkie when I also yep. known as Talkie. He lit up three cigarettes. Yep. He talked about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And in there he said... Anthony Richardson's got to play football. Yeah. He very clearly said that I understand there's a lot that has to happen, but with him, he needs experience playing football. Yep. He then said Peyton Manning was 3-13 and 13 his rookie year. He played a lot of football. So that kind of scared me with where they're setting expectations at this because mm-hmm. I believe this roster is much better than the roster that Peyton Manning came into. But nonetheless, he said Anthony needs to play football. Yep. That is what I, I thought Jim Mercy was making it very loud and clear whenever he was talking to us. Anthony Richardson starter day one. Right. Anthony Richardson starter week one. Yeah. Oh, Anthony yeah. Richardson has yeah. to play football, so we're going to have him play football. And if you've heard Chris Ballard or anybody else talk about it, like there's going to be some, you know, he's Grumpy a rookie pants. fucking quarterback. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of that. Like, yeah, immediately yeah. after drafting him, he came on our show and was like, listen, there's going to be some NFL moments in there. There's going to be splash, but just we need to get him experience, and we think his ceiling is something that we don't even comprehend. He's six foot five, yeah. 250 pounds, what? runs a 4'4", four four, mm-hmm. basically, and he can move and can spin at 65, 70 yards, no step, no problem. So, Anthony Richardson announces a starter. That's exciting news here, but all around the NFL, there's exciting news to look out for. You got the Jets and the Panthers practicing yep. together. Mm. You got Aaron Rodgers talking about Bryce Young singing his praises as much as everybody else has. There's a lot of teams that have a lot of hope right now. And I think it continues through the weekend. Because even if your team sucks in these preseason games, who cares? Doesn't Doesn't matter. matter. It's the preseason. But if your team does good, it's like, uh ah, yeah, all right. Here we go. Nine of those guys on the field aren't going to be on our team, probably playing for other teams, (laughs) but the helmets look good. That's our strategy, right? Those are our plays. Our plays are beating their plays. What's going to happen whenever our good players get in and good plays Mm -hmm. and then what we're going to do with other people. So it's a great weekend. We're thankful to be here. Excited that you're joining us. Also joining us today, Damian Woody, you know, uh, ESPN. He was on... uh, 
<laughs> the get up and yeah. first yeah, oh, yeah, was. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. They had a camera on him. They yeah. did. Even when he wasn't talking. That's yeah. right. Damian Woody was on camera a lot this morning. Too much. Every time I've chatted with him, I don't think he knew a couple times he was on. No. Definitely but every not. time I've chatted with him, love him. Great conversation. Oh, yeah. He's grown a beard, I think. Yeah, yeah it looks, looks like it. He's grown a beard. He'll like be joining it. us because the Jets are... Pac-Man whoa, certainly whoa, has some ideas whoa. for the Disagree. current look for Damian Woody, but we are big fans. Can't wait to chat with him. The Jets' offensive line, allegedly a question mark, yeah. right, yeah. has been talked about. Mm-hmm. Aaron talked about it in a press conference, and he's kind of talking like offense coordinator for New York Jets. I like that a lot. He was talking about the consistency inside and outside. This is what he had to say about the offensive line in front of about 55 microphones. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is what they talk about. Look at all the f- – Carolina's obviously there and all that. New New York media, though, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. His is what his podiums are going to look like all year. Yep. And I'm not going to say that Aaron's going to crush it, but like I'm very excited for all these microphones, all these networks that certainly maybe thought one way about Aaron yep. getting a chance to hear him. Because once he starts breaking down his offensive line here in training camp, and I'm assuming nobody's going to tell him, like, hey, we don't need you talking about those types of things, mm-hmm. which might have happened in the past in yep. other places. I think he's only going to feel more and more empowered. Anyways, the reason why Damian Woody's coming on is because this is what was said by Aaron Rodgers about the offensive line that has led to Mike Greenberg and other Jets fans going, oh, great, mm-hmm. we finally get a quarterback and our offensive line sucks. I don't think that's what Aaron Rodgers thinks. Here's what he had to say. I mean, we got to figure out who the, who the first five is going to be. So a lot of guys in competition right now. Seems like they're switching the tackles uh, left and right just about daily with uh, Max and Billy. Just looking for consistency with those guys. I feel like the interior has been a uh, bright spot, uh, pretty consistent for us, uh, both the first and uh, second group. We just need a little more consistency uh, on the edge. Yeah, so he's talking like coach there. Mm-hmm. Talking like coach. Like he's talking to his teammates through the media and probably in real life. We'll talk to Damian Woody about his thoughts. He's been boots on the ground, obviously, former Jets offensive lineman. And, of course, he won two Super Bowls with the Patriots. And then we'll have Fred Taylor on, not in the Hall of Fame. A lot of people think he, uh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Current host of The Pivot. Yep. Big fan of his. Oh, yeah. Huge. On the field and as a human. He'll join us in the second hour. I'm assuming we'll get into how pissed off we are about the running back market. Yeah. Yes. Because he will have to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like TD felt like Terrell Davis came on. Yeah. He felt, I think all running backs are right now are currently feeling an obligation like, yes, this needs to remain a staple of NFL offenses and treat that way. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But also, let's talk about the Jags. Maybe yeah. have a little expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the pivot. Let's talk about life for Fred Taylor. And then we'll have Michael Lombardi joining us in the final hour. What shit spilled out of his mouth this week that was breaking <laughs> news that nobody really heard about? That is kind of what our conversations with Lombo become. Because yep. numerous boys in the office listen to Lombo. We are mm-hmm. big fans of Michael Lombardi. We think the way he goes about saying things, now he has been wrong. That's right. <laughs> Jason yeah. Kelsey let the world know yeah. in a Super Bowl parade while dressed up sweet that Michael yeah. Lombardi can be a dumbass sometimes. But whenever you're stepping in the batter's box, you know, for every single thing, yep. there's a chance you're going to be wrong. That's like right. the way he talks, and he just breaks news accidentally. Yeah, just sweet. All the time. No, yeah, I, I, I think people know. He, no, I said that. I said that five times this week. No, people, two months ago, uh, uh, and then we look it up and we're like, nope. No, no, no. no, no that, was that was breaking news. news. Yeah. yeah, that was oh, breaking okay. news. Well, yeah. Well, it shouldn't be. I think yeah. anybody with a brain knew. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like he does that type of stuff. So I can't wait. Today should be a great fucking mm-hmm. day. Hell yeah. We got football tonight. Uh, one member of the toxic table at Boston Connor, who has uh, Connor's mullet there mm-hmm. next to at Ty Schmidt. Your team's playing tonight, but nobody's playing. What are your thoughts on it? Are we going to see Bill O'Brien's offense? Is that what you're judging here? What is the takeaway from this evening? 
everything for the Patriots. Yeah, kind of weird Max not playing because, like you just mentioned, Bill O'Brien first year in the offense. You would think that he would get out there like he did last year with Matt Patricia's offense. But kind of good news then. That means Mac probably has a good handle. Same with the starting wide receivers and tight ends. It's all about the rookies. I mean, we hear all these yeah. different things about, you know, this guy being a Hall of Famer and this guy looks like Devontae Adams or this guy looks like Justin Jefferson. Now we actually get to see it. There's a Pop Douglas character for the Patriots slot receiver. Uh, that's kind of who I have my eyes on. I told you guys right before we came on here, love the over tonight because it's love zip it. on the ball, zappy like you mentioned. 36 and a half yeah. is the over under this evening for the Texans Patriots. A L- little high, but a point. <laughs> zip on the ball, zappy spins the fucking shit out of the football. So yep. I, yeah. I'm not worried about their side of things. Also, none of the defensive starters are playing for the Patriots. Hopefully we get Christian Gonzalez, but doesn't look like he's going to be playing either. Uh, Stroud. Dougie Mills, you assume they're going to have remote success. And the biggest thing in all this is Bill, we saw this last year, maybe it was two years ago with the Panthers. He doesn't want to do like the third and eight, you know, blitz or game planning things. It's pretty basic. We're not defense. giving anything away. Here. Yeah, no. we're not doing a lot anything. Of th- some teams want to practice stuff. Yes. Yeah. And Bill Belichick's like, why would we practice anything publicly? Stupid. We're not doing anything that we're going to do. I love that he's doing that. But if you got a lot of new guys, yeah. sometimes it's like the surprise, certainly something but execution also yeah bill has a better grasp on things than we do but he does tend to be a bit bland yeah, yeah. very bland very in, yeah in simple pre-season. coverages yeah and he's not going to do anything and i feel like going back to what omar khan said yesterday like bill does feel like hey joint practices like you can go full you can work on those type of things in the joint practices but preseason games not showing any hands but it's going to be awesome i'm just pumped to watch patriots play and rookies won't be wearing 55 and 60 and mm-hmm. playing wide receiver anymore kind of so, hazing yeah, yeah a, little a little bit, bit, is, a little bit actually. Yeah, you got trash ass number yeah, yeah. yeah. Like i'm not idiot. even allowed to wear this number at this position you're even lucky to be wearing a fucking number how about that boom right. okay right. this guy's you know i want to go report to a coach this guy's being pretty rude to me a little bit <laughs> More that happened. Yeah, it did. That happened in Washington. Yep, it Suck did. it up. This coach is a little rude, don't we think? He cussed. A little intense. A little rude. And Ron Rivera's like, yeah, I got a lot of guys coming to me saying this guy has no self-awareness and doesn't get it at all. Like, needs to relax a little bit. And then the next day, Ron Rivera has a prepared yeah. speech that he reads. And we're not going to run the video because it's actually two and a half minutes long. <laughs> yep. And our, we have a three-hour show. We don't have two and a half minutes to listen to Ron Rivera talk about how he misspoke no. about how he was talking about Eric Bieniemy, And I'm excited to see how they kind of manage that. Ron Rivera in an interesting spot. Things I think new owners would fire him. You know, because old ownership and old transition, you know, he, he goes in there and that place is on fire. Right and he is somehow supposed to put players onto a field, mm-hmm. all rowing in the same direction. Then he beats cancer, yep, yep. But right, during the season. During. Before, yep. Then he uh, is a part of the naming of the team, yep. sure. seemingly a part of the entire operation. Like, okay, this is the face of oh. the Washington Commanders. Yeah. New owners come in, and, you know, Ron Rivera's ex-player, so I love that he's had success yeah. for a very uh, long time. He's been very good to us. They're, his teams have not been very good. At all. You know, and it's not his fault. Like, we've heard yeah. everything that has happened in Washington. It might be his fault, but we've heard everything happening behind the scenes. The fact that they even got a team onto the field, yeah. you know, every yeah. single week. Yeah. was like a massive. Commendable. Yeah. That's a pretty massive thing with what we've heard from happening over there behind the scenes. So it's tough to judge them, but, like, also, they've stunk. So it's like, uh, well, 
What's that? They did win the division with Heineke and almost. With six Tampa. wins or something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I think it was like oh, seven oh, wins. Yeah. It's like Ron Rivera obviously was very good when he was with Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. he's been an incredible, steady pillar for that franchise. And they don't have a lot of them. But if they stink this year, I, I think there's a chance. He, even though like a year ago you asked me, I think Ron Rivera's with this team forever. Long run. I think he, that, that type of protection is no longer there for him. No. But back to the point. These players saying that a coach is being rude in a fucking training camp yeah, is soft. wild to it's me. Soft. Now, I don't want to talk about that for too long because it is depressing to think about that that's happening in the sport of football at the highest level. It's like, okay, well. You get paid to do this. Yeah, not only that, but like, so what's going on in colleges where these guys think that. Yeah, is that? You know what I mean? Then you get to the pros. You're an adult now and you're getting, this is your job, <laughs> okay? Man. This is your fucking job or trying to earn a job at least. And you're just like, oh, yo, this is being rude to me. It's like, yeah, no shit. It's combat sport, bro. Like, there's going to be some people that are rude to you. Now, I don't like coaches that are just hard asses all the time. I don't enjoy that one bit. But at this particular stage of training camp, that is a tough thing to go want. Like, being comfortable enough to be like, hey, head coach, yeah, this guy's being pretty rude to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, like, that's, you got to be very. I couldn't it, imagine. you got to be so comfortable that you're not going to ever get fired get or, or motherfucked anything. That's the big story from this whole thing for me. And I don't want to judge the modern day too much, but that was that was wild to me to kind of see that whole thing. And maybe it is no self-awareness, but just initially when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, so this is these are like some actual like dudes on the offense. Then. Right. Has like to it, be. It has to be offense. Yeah, it'd have to be a guy who's comfortable enough. So Terry McLaurin? See, but and then him and Biennemi had like the nice staff up. Like I don't think Terry McLaurin's doing it, but you would imagine that it would have to be someone who is comfortable enough and knowing probably that playing like, like shit. I'm not going to get cut no. if I go say this. But then that's the other thing. It's like you look at college football like, yeah, sure, it's probably not the same as it was 20 years ago. But, like, guess what? Guys are getting motherfucked yeah. every oh, year. Yeah. Like, yeah. coaches are coaches. Like, I, I don't know where these guys are coming from where they're never getting coached hard and they're never getting cussed out or anything like that. And then for That people- happens. By the way, if a, a person is going to commit their entire life to making other people better at a sport, okay, is going to commit their entire... If the way they speak is potentially a little sharp, mm-hmm. like, if they get the most out of you, though, they feel like they're doing a good job yeah. Yeah. and they are being rewarded. Like, that is their angle in which they are coaches. Like, you start thinking about anybody that's in a position of motivation or mentor, they're all trying to get the best out of people. Mm-hmm. Now, some people are not good at it. Right, okay? of course. And they're assholes. Yeah. And they're not good. Those yeah. people you hope will get fired. Yeah. Those are people, after a... You know, at least a display of success or failure with the whole process. Then I think people complain about, especially at like the professional level, because mm-hmm. you know this person's ruining my career as well. Right, yeah. and he's an asshole. So it's like bad and an asshole. We can get, we haven't even played a game yet. We're we're two weeks into training camp. Yeah, right. and they're complaining about this guy who just got here. And your team has stunk for. It's hard optically from outside looking in to have any empathy at all for the players. Well, that being said, gotta keep an eye on it. Yeah, gotta keep an eye on it. It's gonna be a disaster. You the enemy. Do you imagine how like Bill? One half of the hammer. Die, Cowboys. Do you imagine like a player going to like Bill or Tomlin or Harbaugh? What? Or and saying this like what they how they would react? Hey, real quick, don't fucking come into my office. Right. Like that. Yeah. You go directly to that person. Right. No, you know co- I hired him. You know I hired him, right? Yeah, Ron didn't say any of that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no. I That's why Ron had to read that entire prepared speech. I got to put Ron my foot in my mouth What today. season it is. But. but to your point, Pac-Man, there was potentially a general manager uh, at a team that I was at mm-hmm. that every human that I talked to in every department was not thrilled that that person was our general manager and sure. felt like 
potentially not being great, you know? Now, I think he has evolved and changed and everything like that. Since then, I'm just speaking from my experience with every human in the building and every department that I was around. So I was like, you know what? I'm one of the only humans that can just go up to Jim. And I'm going to say, hey, and everybody was like, yo, yo, Jim hired him. Right. So you got to remember, like, when you say that, to your point, you're going, like, so now there's a chance that old Jim would feel attacked. Yes. For that because that's his decision. Mm -hmm. So to your point, are these players going to – Ron Rivera just hired this guy, well, like two months ago, three months ago, and all of a sudden the player's like, this guy in it. Could have been perceived as a shot at Ron Rivera, too. Yes. Players didn't even think about I didn't even think about that yeah. until it was like late on. I'm like, oh, yeah, good. <laughs> That's a very good call. I didn't because think about it. You already know this came, this question already came up between him and Ron because this this already been an issue. Sure. Everybody knows how he coached. He coached hard. He expects everybody to do it his way, the same way, one beat, one drum. So, Everybody knew what they signed up. That's also how Andy Reid is too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's why Reid is all ninety percent of the greats are like that. So let's talk about that because, like, whenever the Patriots coaches would come out from underneath the Belichick umbrella, they would try to implement. Now they would all be head coaches. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't be an offensive coordinator. They would all get like head coaching jobs, and that's what a lot of people said about Eric Bieniemy. Like, hey, this offense, Super Bowls. Why is he not getting a head coaching? Because in the past, that's how it works. Team wins. Yeah. Offense coordinator, smart. Yeah. Go to head coach. That person's going to be a head coach. Eagles. This time, exactly. This time he's going Shane Steichen. Yep, bingo. So this time he's going to offense coordinator and he's trying to instill like the Andy Reid stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's Ron Rivera's house. So that's like a fascinating little dilemma within the entire conversation of it. Because normally these types of guys go and they're able to, it's their house now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like everything's going to be this way. Right. How about the offense? You know, seeing the way the enemies operate, and then like how the defenses with Jack—they're like having a fun camp. Yeah, <laughs> like, what, <it's, laughs> what the hell? Defense side ball. These guys like four or five minutes late to meetings. They're joking around. They're shooting basketballs in there. Yeah. Jack Del Rio's like, "Hey, how we doing, boys?" Offense side of the ball. You're fucking fifteen minutes early. Yeah, you're not speaking. Mm-hmm. Shirts tucked in. Do what I say. And offense is like, this ain't how. Hey, Ron, the fuck what happened? is going on here? It's like, cause that's interesting because it's not the yeah. entire program. Yeah. It's just the offense getting the outside mentality dropped into it. I'm like very interested to see how it works out over there. And that goes back to your point is like the defense has been good. Like the offense hasn't been worth the shit yeah, for, defense. you know, going on like 15 years. It's like, hey, maybe you need someone to come in and kind of rehaul everything. Like that's just the way it goes sometimes. But boy, oh boy, if they stink. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be buying yeah. into that yeah. intensity. Yeah. Boy, no, is no. that like a reflection at all of what the players think about him? Because like you would think that if he has that resume, that at least they know like, well, this guy called – you know, and made the offense for Patrick Mahomes. So I think everybody feels the same way in the football. Okay, okay. So that's yeah. that's players as well as people on the outside. I think so, yeah. Okay. It, and that's – I think this is an opportunity for Biennemi to kind of prove that he yeah. is his own yeah, – He is calling the plays. Yeah. 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 So Because like, I think everybody in the NFL – Nobody – that's Nobody that's in the NFL Everyone knows. thinks that Eric Enemy have called not one play. Bingo. Everybody in the NFL is like, hmm. Okay. Nah. We love Eric. Mm-hmm. And a lot of teams have these types of guys that are in there, certainly at a title, and they're helping the whole thing. But I think a lot of people wonder, like, if it wasn't for, you know, 
I mean, it's like Bill Belichick. Yeah, and Patricia, it's the same. For, for instance, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. the exact same mm-hmm. situation. Everybody around the NFL at some point started realizing, like, oh, it's Bill. It's not everybody around <laughs> yeah. Bill. It is Bill. I think that has come. I don't know how many. Joe Judge might have been the last one, right? Uh, head coach. Yeah. Uh, McDaniels in Vegas. So we'll see. Like, this yeah. might be the final. Yeah. You know, if it Seriously. continues, it might be the final yeah. where teams uh-huh. just finally realize, like, oh, it's Bill. But I think with Andy's operation over there, everybody in the NFL is like, that's Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is the genius. Andy Reid is the guru. Andy Reid's been calling plays for four decades, kind of in and out of there. So I don't want to say it's a detriment to the offense coordinator there, but it certainly became one for Eric Bieniemy and the head coaching gig. Now he has an opportunity to kind of do his own thing and have no other excuses made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what if it doesn't go well? Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Well, and I think like he was a running back at Colorado, right? Like he came in, he was a running backs coach. Like I mm-hmm. imagine it doesn't help either that like Nagy was the quarterback's coach, you know, and you get like you have Mahomes, so it's like any type of success that they are attributing to it, it's like it's probably well, he's not even protection. his quarterback's coach. Hey, that quarterback show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all we forgot that Eric Bieniemy, the whole situation that took place <laughs> for him to be offense coordinator for the Commanders, yeah. yeah, where we were having discussions like, definitely sucks for this guy for sure that he has to leave a good team, go to a not good team to prove that he can be a head coach. Like that sucks. That's never how it's ever been. But also, we feel like at some point somebody would have hired him because he did get head coaching interviews. Yeah. Yes, yeah. if they believed that. You know, he was mm-hmm. a person. The guy. Like, teams are desperate to win. Yes. Teams are desperate to have good offense. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So whenever they say, like, well, it's an orchestrated attempt not to hire this person, I'm like, if that motherfucker thinks they can make money, they're going to hire yeah. the person. So we were confused also on why he wouldn't get his gig. But watching quarterback, he was not even in it. No. no. At all. Not, <laughs> there was at a couple, all. When he popped up sitting on the bench, like a couple seats down or whatever, that's when I was like, oh, shit. shit. I completely it's forgot the enemy was. It was a lot of naggy. Even, even Maggie at, and a lot of Reed. Yeah. yeah. You know Even I mean? on the championship part, the, nobody go. they go to straight to the quarterback coach and to Andy. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm and Shady saying, said some I'll stuff. I'll probably ran to the defensive coordinator. If I, if, if I would have won the Super Bowl. Lou Anaruma. First person I would have ran to would have been Lou. Or Zim. Or Zim. Mm-hmm. Or, or Coach uh, uh, Lewis at the time. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have went to my position coach first. It would have been sweet. If um, any of the teams I was on when Mitt's dad was our special teams uh, coach, mm-hmm. we would have won a Super Bowl, and me and Vinatieri just go and spear Tom Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would have been awesome. Yeah. Just free shot at a spear. Dud- Dudley mm-hmm. drop. Yeah, yeah maybe a triple happen. D. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be incredible. So Eric Bieniemy's start over there is obviously going smoothly from his first press conference, his first dap up, mm-hmm. yep. first couple practices. Yeah, excited to see. I forgot about the dap. Yeah, excited to see how it all goes. I, I was wondering in my head, Whenever we were talking about, well, I don't think it's Scary Terry because of the dap up, and then I immediately thought of the white guy. Yeah, yeah. It might be him. I was like, is, and then I started thinking, if it's an offensive lineman that is saying this guy's too rude, that's they're not in good. Some real shit. Yeah, that's not good. Speaking of offensive lineman, Damian Woody will join us in about 14 minutes to uh, speak about what's going on with the Jets. Mike Greenberg said, "Give me Bakhtiari." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's trade for Bakhtiari. Now Bakhtiari just yesterday after practice said Jordan Love's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So I think we can count Bakhtiari into the Jordan Love camp. Yep. Yeah. Now maybe he he swung a little too. Maybe he was trolling there. 
Little bit. Maybe he was mocking how people were talking either maybe. one way or the other. And there was a couple times where he was doing interviews earlier this offseason whenever it seemed what was going to happen with Aaron, where he was saying the Packers instead mm-hmm. of like us and we. And then he came out and said it's a transition era. Uh, it's a building, reloading phase, even though other people don't want to say that. Bakhtiari's in an interesting spot. Yes. Yes, he is. Very interesting spot. Seemingly healthy and going to play again. Yep. Good football player whenever he's playing. Hasn't played a lot over the last couple years. Very tight with Aaron. Are the Packers trading Bakhtiari to the Jets? Whoa. I saw Greeny walking around his desk this morning on Get Up saying, we fucking need a new offense. Here's Greeny right here, actually, on Get Up, getting concerned about the offensive line. In which, you know, he's making a lot of money. Okay, I'm going over here. Go ahead. Get the shot up. We, we need, I, I'm going to make I'm going to make this plea in front of my McAfee. Jersey. We need this yes. man standing as tall when the season ends. Jets, go do it. Again, Diana's not reporting it's happening. I'm reporting they should do it. The Jets should go out and make a trade for offensive line help immediately, and David Bakhtiari would be the perfect place to start. Okay, so that's so, what he wants. He, he wants Bakhtiari to come to the Jets. I mean, he was walking around yeah. dancing. He was basically sitting in Harry before that clip, like when they were just talking about it and they played Roger's clip about talking about the O-line and then I believe Connor McGovern uh, was talking about the yep. O-line a little bit. He was basically like so fired up. He was kind of sitting in Harry Douglas's lap, like just... Greeny just on a lap there? Yeah. All, very, very close. He was... This close to his face. I heard some stories about the Douglas family this morning. I'm a big fan of Harry Douglas and his dad Mm -hmm. and his brother, Tony. Mm -hmm. I believe I learned about through the Pac-Man lineage who knows Harry Douglas very well. Uh, But, yeah, Greeny's really worked up. And I assume if Greeny's worked up, that sends an alarm to a lot of the Jets fans. Like, hey, we all got kind of lost in the sauce of Aaron coming. And we all got lost in the Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall Mm -hmm. and his Dalvin Cook coming. Holy shit. And Cobb and Lazard and CJ. And right. our defense is reloaded and back, and we're all we forgot our offensive line sucks. Yeah. It's kind of getting thrown in their face right now. A lot. Is Bakhtiari on the move? Is that what you think is going to happen, or is he going to be a staple of this next Green Bay Packers era? I don't know if he's going to be a staple of the era because I think now there are just more questions because he's been so banged up the last two years. But when he does play and he is healthy, he's one of the best left tackles in football. I just think it's tough. Like I know a lot of people were kind of speculating this offseason that I think the Packers have an out after this year where they could potentially cut him and and they wouldn't owe him much. But I just have a tough time believing that like you have a guy, you have Jordan Love. If Bakhtiari is healthy, like he's a guy you want out yeah. there protecting Love's blind side. And I don't think it makes sense. No, no, but Greeny said Aaron. He did. He <laughs> yeah, did. And Packers fans like, well, we got we got a guy to take snaps too. It's crazy. And and we also don't we we don't know this a thousand percent. But I think it's safe to say too that at this point, like Gutekinds in the front office, like I don't think they're trying to do anything more to help. Rodgers and the Jets potentially win a Super Bowl. Like, Could you I, imagine Goods Goons is like, yeah, you guys are right. Mm-hmm. It would only be fair. Yeah, yeah. why don't you send us a seventh-round pick in return? LaFleur said Green Bay East yesterday, right? Or a couple, uh, days, a couple days ago, yeah. 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 He talked about Hackett and Aaron yeah. and mm-hmm. Cobb and Lazard. Right. Anybody wrong. else? Uh, no, they were talking about Big Dog going there, but he signed with the Bears. So. Amos? Amos, yep. Okay. Uh, Amos over there. Look at that, Green Bay East doing its thing. Let's talk about Green Bay's nemesis in the NFC uh, whenever they're running to the NFC Championships and a team that everybody's talking about potentially winning a Super Bowl. The San Francisco 49ers are still without the defense player of the year practice. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are deep into training camp, and I think it's because of the East Coast bias. If this was on an East Coast team mm-hmm. and it was happening, this would be very 
very, very loud. Yep. Yeah. The defensive player of the year is holding out a training camp on a Super Bowl contending team, and it is not really being talked about because I guess, you know, it is training camp people can get away with. But if this was on a team that gets talked about on a regular basis, this would be headline every morning. Mm-hmm. Yep. Boom. One of the best players in all of football is not getting paid by a team that needs his services to go to the Super Like, that's how it would be spun. Instead, we're kind of just like, yeah, it'll get figured out. Yeah, it'll get figured out. Kyle Shanahan was asked about the Bosa situation, and this is how he handled it. No, not at all. I don't know, because I don't know if Bosa's ever done a training camp, and he's done pretty good. Um I mean, it's a little different when you're a D lineman. I mean, just how you always, everybody wants people here and you want to do that stuff, but um, it doesn't affect the team as much from a DN standpoint. Um, I have as much confidence in Nick as any player I've ever been around in terms of how he prepares and everything. And um, I know they're going to get it right both sides. And um, I'm excited for when I do see him. Uh, He just said to all you DNs, Training camp don't matter. Yep. So if there's something to think about, you know, if I'm at that practice and I'm making the team and I'm a little bit of a lazy fuck at all, all right, he just said it. I'm a, yeah, I don't need to be here. Good run. Give me a red jersey. I guess that's a Niners jersey. Go ahead and give me one of those little uh-huh. baseball hats. Mm-hmm. He said it. I can kind of, it doesn't matter. I'm fucking around, obviously, but Bosa not being there yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, and I appreciate yeah. the fact that everybody just assumes it's going to get done, mm-hmm. Shanahan included. And what we were told is that Shanahan runs the show. Yeah. yeah. So Shanahan's saying, like, yeah, I trust that that deal is going to get done. That means it's going to get done? Yeah. Why hasn't it? That makes no sense. That that feels like something that almost would have been done last year when like he is on this tear and it's like, hey, give me my money. Is it? Are they not worried because this has already happened? Like he held out his rookie year and then they just decided like, okay, we'll pay him. And they know that that's where all roads lead to no matter what the small just, little You know, is. with that guy, defensive player, you, you like to have him around the team. Yeah. Think, you know, like you're talking about how the position you can kind of – yeah, we get it. And he's working on his moves, and Bosa's going to be great. Yeah. He's the best in the world, world at what he does right now. And he's the size of a jungle cat. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like he's going to be great. But having that guy around is good for team building, good for camaraderie. And it seems like there is zero like urgency at all to get him in there. I wonder if this is just going to be the new trend around the NFL. Like, nah, we got a long season. No, no. Yeah. I, this definitely not going to be the new trend around the NFL. Because guess what? All these defensive end, no, not one of them is like Bosa. I'm quite sure he's in the middle of the woods somewhere chopping wood. Um, we don't have oh, to worry about. Oh, you're saying he's a lumberjack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, don't have lumber. to, we don't have to worry about him being in shape. We don't have to worry about him have to know in the defensive playbook. They got a veteran defense over there. And the deal will get done. They probably got a date. Hey, look, we got to get this done by this certain date. And I'm quite sure it's the week before the first game. There's no, We don't need him right now. This kind of happened with Zeke, right, whenever he was down in Mexico. Yep. Yeah. He was in Cabo, I believe, doing his thing training. Yeah. And it was – I think it was said that, like, Jerry and his people were like, hey, we'll get a deal done at this. Need to be in shape by yeah. – yeah. yeah, whatever, dude. You don't want to do training camp. Cool, you're in Cabo. I get it. But also – we're going to have to work through some stuff. This is probably going to be the date you'll be back. Yeah. If they gave that type of deadline to the whole situation, I think that's probably why everybody's so calm and comfortable. But I would want that fucker around. You know, just walk around. You might inspire yeah. A, yeah. a rookie to be like, damn, I didn't know that's what NFL players look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just having your great people around is good. 
just watching. Like, I learned shit from Dallas Clark, who mm -hmm. is a tight end, mm -hmm. just by watching how he operated. I learned stuff from Gary Brackett just from seeing him in the building. You know, you, you learn stuff watching people that are great and how they go about doing things. Like Bosa in the training room, I'd assume before practice, after practice, like, in the middle of practice, his work ethic, his attention to detail, his meal. Like, rookies seeing that and, like, just getting a chance, like, oh, that's how – that's how the greatest in the world does it. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal, but I guess that isn't as much of an importance because, once again, we have a long season and people will be able well, to see him do it during and, the And Shanahan plays it off so cool. And it's not yeah. just West Coast bias. I, I think it's defensive bias as well because the number three in votes for Defensive Player of the Year last year, Chris Jones, no one's talking about either. But we talk, Still not a camp, right? We talk, no. about, yeah. we talk about on offense. We talked about we talk about Zach Martin. We talked about Jonathan Taylor. We had talked about Saquon. Yeah. You know, it's just a little bit of a defensive bias, I believe. That's not our show. We love field positioning. Dude. I agree. Yeah. Love defense. Not me. I'm just talking. Not about. You're a part of us. it. Yeah, because no, yeah. no, I meant not us. Have you heard Tom bring it up at all? No, you know, it's funny enough. Oh, a couple times. Oh, oh not Bosa. No, but the offensive guys. You know, well, I like. Oh, Dampering. yeah, yeah, for sure. He's yeah. just right. Well, I now. like to keep. I'm keeping Bosa. You know, under under the radar because you know, week one, I'd rather him not play. Oh, so the, you're just kind of oh, slowly wishing that just, Lynch and Bosa get into it. Yeah. yeah what if they just start throwing running back? You got get you back. You better go back in there right now. What's that? If you're playing running back, you better go and get back in there right so, now. It's a fascinating scene, though, whenever it's all these contract negotiations. Because, like, Jonathan Taylor, you know? Not in the building for treatment. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have a contract. Better get back right now. So it's very hard for us not to just go, like, fascinating. If his contract was figured out, would he be in the building getting treatment? Would he need the treatment that isn't available in the building? Or is this just a convenient way to get him away from everybody because he's potentially being an anchor? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like, you don't need anchors in your life. You don't need anchors around you on a daily basis. No. You don't need people that bring any more negative energy into your life because life is already hard enough. Now, whenever you talk about the NFL, winning is already hard enough. You don't need any motherfuckers bringing any yeah. negative energy, especially in a time where other people are sore and tired and miserable what? because it's training camp optimism is through the roof yeah, yeah every team believes they can go win a super bowl yes right now every team believes that they have a road to the super bowl mm -hmm. if, if we're able to execute this offense if we're able to do this on defense we can win get into the playoffs and once we get in there we can get hot and go there are some teams obviously that have a realistic view coaches wise but every team player wise believes they're going to win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. That is the purpose of the head coach in training camp, in the meetings. Yes. Here's a video. Here's what we can do. Here's what we did. Here's what the teams that won. That is the head coach's job, is yeah. to make everybody buy in that you can win a fucking Super Bowl. Joe Thomas said every single year, yeah. he yeah. went into the year thinking they were going to win a Super Bowl. And he won one game in his final 32 games. Yeah. But he was... <laughs> guys a Hall of Famer, not now, okay? We don't need you to make fun of his kid either, like Tone. You yeah. don't need you calling a little kid a loser. Yeah. Well, okay, should have been fired for it. Still under review. Thank you for that. That's right. Okay. HR is reviewing. We're delaying the suspension until a full review <laughs> of the situation Thank comes you. back from H&R. But just know you're on the hot Probation? seat. Probation? I mean, I don't know what the ruling's yeah, going to be. We're going to we'll check with HR. Yeah, just you need not say anything else about kids being losers for the next uh, seven, eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's how long the investigation <laughs> That kid is a dog, Okay. That's Joe Thomas's son, Jack. And he's hanging out of the back of a truck with the top down at a Steelers fan right now saying, fuck you. That's what he's Howard, saying right now yep. to you. That's you. You are sitting right <laughs> yeah, there. Look at that. You. Oh, no. He's talking Tony. to you. you. Yeah, 
would have done the same thing. I, I would have looked him right in the eyes and I said, "Fucking put that, put that fucking thumb away, loser." Oh, so now you're flipping off, kids. <laughs> in the middle of this investigation, <laughs> you're a terrible guy. Oh. Anyway, say, Jack, we're on your. Jack's a dog. Yeah, keep going. Jack. Jack's a dog, just like his dad was, oh. obviously for so long. But you, every team believes they can win. It's a, it's a wild thing that happens. Even the team that we were to it now, we knew we were probably losing that one when Peyton yeah. just showed up at training camp, wasn't able to grip <laughs> football. But the year with Chuck, where you guys are the last. We thought we had a chance to go win, especially after you see Andrew Luck. Yeah. So this team, with Anthony Richardson and everything that's going on with him and with Shane Sykin's offense and the defense being back and the offensive line being back and Michael Pittman Jr. being back what? and Alec Pierce having another year. What? It's like everybody is super positive, and then you just got to fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This thing is literally just dangling around. Yeah. And this thing happens to be the most talented motherfucker on the field, mm-hmm. if he was all in. So the Colts deciding, and I guess him deciding as well, like, let's get him out of the building. I'll be excited to see how the re-entry is. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? The whole team. Because how many steps forward is this team going to take without him in the building? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Going to grow even more because you got the – yeah, you know, there's, there's players still trying to be good the teammates with Jonathan Taylor. That's too. when you would have been great, though. Like if he comes back, you would have been in the middle of the team meeting. Hey, uh, I, well, I, what yeah. I would, I've actually thought a few times on how I would handle what the fuck was going on. Yeah, because he's literally at the training camp. I was at. He's just standing there, mm-hmm. like looking unhappy, just <laughs> hood up. Yeah, on not happy. Running back has a good play. No, not even talking to anybody. And then just like a couple months ago, he was like beloved by everybody. So I think I would have been very befuddled. I would assume though, me and Vinny are standing like right next to him, probably most practice. Yeah, yeah. had to talk. Saying something. That's what you have, yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, I would have had to talk to him. Most definitely, somebody has to do that too. Yes. Like that's a big part. Where of are the, the captains at? Well, so that's the thing. Like I don't know if we have the most chirpy. Yeah. On the offensive side. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what Montez I mean? would have been on his ass. Hey, bro. I, I know you're going through something, but leave your shit at the dope, bro. Hey, we're going through shit, too. You should say yeah. I took a dump last night. It, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, I'm still feeling Stomach's it. Stomach's upset. I'm going through that. I understand you're... You need more money. We need more money, but it's not us who's not fucking paying you. <laughs> right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we, hey, you know, how about this? Hey, Jonathan Taylor! Is that good? See, we're Look at us. We're doing, doing it. We're on your yeah. side. You smile. You don't have to be miserable to me, bro. I'm like, yeah. come on. And Vinatieri would be like, you know how many times I've been fucked in a good <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, yeah. that type of stuff you would hope would happen. Yeah. But with how standoffish he was being at the practice that I was watching, I don't think he was calling for anybody to come over and do anything. And I, I don't know if that is the type of personality they have on the offensive side of the ball. I think Anthony Richardson will be that guy at some point because he seems to be very with, like, everybody. Mm-hmm. But he has no idea. He yeah, doesn't know the NFL at all. Plate. He doesn't know yeah, the yeah, NFL yeah. business at yeah. all. He doesn't know Jonathan Taylor. Taylor at all. But, That's an like if we're one year from now, yeah. I think Anthony Richardson definitely doing a lot Same more yeah. leadership there. Yeah. But right now, it's just an awkward thing. Him out of the building, I think is good. Well, but Jonathan, I want, I hope you get paid. Well, yeah. Then, yeah. But I, I don't think it's happening. But I hope you get. Connor paid. said he saw a report when Kareem Hunt was there mm-hmm. yesterday. He saw a practice and was like, "Oh yeah, I'm not signed with this team." And he left. Okay. Doug. Well, it was, there's no reason that, for any of that. It's not exactly what I saw. What I saw was that Kareem Hunt heard that the city of Indianapolis is paying taxes for the stadium, <laughs> and they only won four games last year. And Kareem Hunt said, "No way, I, I refuse to stand for something like that." And that's why he walked out. That'd be a real baby face move. That's what for Kareem well, Hunt. Well, he yeah. needs, if that is what yeah. he was thinking. Yeah. Well, I think it was just because he, you know, he's gone through some stuff. I think he wants to be over in a lot of people's minds, especially as he's trying to go to new cities. <laughs> so that was, I think, his angle. 
there, but who knows? Enjoy. I do wonder how the hell he got out of there. That's a good question. Yeah. Like, what happened? What is going on? Because he, he was in transit to the New Orleans yeah. Saints. Yeah. Gets a call, turn that fucking car around that the Saints are probably paying for, mm-hmm. and go back to the airport and hop on a plane to Indianapolis. Yeah. So he does that. Boom. Goes to Indy. I'm excited. We're excited. Here we go. Even if Jonathan Taylor's back, sweet. We got Jonathan Taylor and Kareem Hunt. Awesome. Yeah, this good. is good news. Yeah. Good this is great news. And then all of a sudden he gets out of the building without a deal, and it's like, that's probably just going to fizzle out. It's like, yeah. what got him to turn a car around? Sure. Hmm. And then what happened whenever he got here that didn't take place? And is Jim Mercy just like, brother, well, <laughs> we're not letting <laughs> we're not letting Lolita die. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're if we're going to pay anybody. Is going to be Jonathan Taylor, and then we're probably not going to pay him. So just maybe we play with no running back this year. Like what happened in the meeting? Yeah. Honestly, and I don't need your bullshit. No, no, we, no we, bullshit. <laughs> this is just strictly based off what we've seen from Jim Irsay. I think there's a chance that maybe he lit a cigarette inside the room, no problems at all. They're just talking back and forth, and then Jim Irsay gets a call about Lolita in the middle of the meeting, and he says, sorry, Kareem, I need to take this. There's a Buddhist whale that I need to save, and if I don't pick up this phone right now, he might die. And that's exactly what happened when he was at the McDaniels house whenever he went into the bathroom. And he took a call on Lolita in the bathroom, and there was a couple times where he was yelling, because he was so mad about what was happening, and then he comes back out, and uh, the McDaniels thank him, they leave him. Did guy just take a two-hour shit yeah. in our bathroom right there? It smells like cigs in here. And then he, they hop in that shot, hop in that plane, uh-huh. fly all the way to Indianapolis, and then they turn that thing back around. And allegedly, it's because McDaniel's wife said, like, remember when he dumped in our house? Yeah, yeah. He took a huge two shit, hours? and then he cranked stick in there. And uh. what's going on? That's weird. Cigarette smoke sticking to the walls. <laughs> I don't remember if that was real news or if we just made that up. The dump. Ooh. I think that that was. I think it was real. That news. was like legitimately reported. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was reported that news. he like destroyed their toilet. Yeah. yeah, and that was talked about right by the McDaniel's during their decision making process. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay, cool. I'm happy that that wasn't Maybe. real because in my brain that is why he is not the Colts coach. Yeah. Joining us now is a man who's also not the Colts coach, but he is a great offensive lineman. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Played for the Patriots, won a couple Super Bowls. Known, though, for being a New York Jet. Mm-hmm. His house is built like Caesar's Palace whenever he was on during COVID. It was one of the most royal and grand yeah. backdrops that all of television ever seen. He's a large man, but that's because he moved other large people. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny Wood. What up, brother? What's going on? Hey, we got a scene over here in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, and what the hell is happening. So our show is basically just a clusterfuck of football. You know that. We're thankful that you're here, though. D-Wood, you look good, baby. Good. Oh, D-Wood. I feel good, brother. I, I saw you guys talking about somebody taking a dump. Like, you can't take a dump in, in the house, bro. What do you want like, him to do? No, what do you want him to do? Hold it. Man, yeah, you got to hold that shit, bro. Like, you can't be taking a dump yeah. like that. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, it was good dinner. I heard there was some active ingredients right. in the dinner. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> knows that if Jim Irsay has corn oh. or oh, anything like yeah. that, it again. it's going to, you know. But that was actual news. <laughs> like, the McDaniels <laughs> talked about Jim Irsay going to the bathroom for an hour and a half. 
And that is potentially the reason why he's not the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Let's talk about the New York Jets. And obviously, you've been talking about them a lot. And the reason why we wanted to chat with you today is because Greeny was seemingly losing his shit this morning because one particular part of the offense that hasn't been talked about in this entire celebratory tour that the New York Jets offense has been taking over the last two months is the offensive line. Everybody knows Mm. if you're going to actually win, you have to have a great offensive line. Have they not addressed that? Are they in some deep shit? How do they fix that? And is that ultimately going to be what breaks every single Jets fan's heart this upcoming season? Well, listen, I, Pat, I can't speak for everyone else, but I've, I've been a guy, a, a guy that's been vocal about question marks about the, uh, the Jets offensive line coming into the season because they do have question marks there. Obviously, the interior part of the offensive line is pretty good. The question mark has always been the offensive tackles. We know that. Dwayne Brown, who's 38 years old, the left tackle, he's on the PUP, uh, PUP list trying to work, work himself back from offseason shoulder surgery. Uh, they got a, Right now they got competition at right tackle uh, between Billy Turner and, and Max Mitchell. And then the biggest wild card is Makai Becton, who's basically missed two years coming back off of, of knee surgery. He's the most talented guy, but he hasn't played in two years. So you combine all of that, and it's like, what the hell? You know, what the hell is going on as far as protecting Aaron Rodgers? Because, Pat, you and I know as good as Aaron Rodgers is or as good as, you know, Pat Mahomes or some of these other quarterbacks, hell, if you're getting hit in the mouth, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you can't protect the guys, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you think about Patrick Mahomes makes it all the way to that Super Bowl with a bad offensive line, yep. and then he ends up running for his life, they yep. lose. Mm-hmm. You think about Joe right. Burrow, they make it all the way to the AFC Championship with that bad offensive line, but it doesn't show up until it shows up. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that, right. that, is a, yeah. that is a real thing. So, I think it's a worthy conversation to have. I think people... But there's ways to script around that, isn't it? Yes, it is. In there ways this kind of script around it. But I guess what we're I just pointed out was, yeah, you can win with a bad offensive line, but you're not going to be able to do it. It's like you're not going to be able to get a championship. Can they make moves at this stage of the game in the NFL calendar to get a championship cal- uh, caliber offensive line? You think? Yeah, listen, a couple of years ago, a guy by the name of Morgan Moses, who's now with the Baltimore Ravens, he actually was cut by the Washington Commanders during training camp. The Jets had signed him, and he had a hell of a year. He ended up signing a free agent deal uh, with the Baltimore Ravens uh, last offseason. So, like, these type of things can happen, but I think ultimately, listen, listen the Jets last year went 7-10 and 10 with arguably the worst quarterback situation with the offensive line that was completely – in flux with all the injuries, and they almost made the postseason. So when you add in an Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL history, a guy that knows this offense, that knows the ins and outs of it, the the quarterback play will help the offensive line. But I think what we're talking about right now, Pat, is these guys got to be on the field. Like, they haven't been on the field together as a as a starting unit. They haven't been on the field together as a starting <laughs> unit. So that's what we need to see out of those guys. Get those guys, get those big those big boys on the field so they can start playing together. Yeah, because they might be the best offensive line in the NFL. We have no fucking idea. Yeah. You know, that, that is the funny thing about the offensive line. It's like if five dudes come together and for whatever reason it works, like it can happen, and you can pay the most amount of money to an offensive line and it not work mm-hmm. somehow. It's an interesting position group, and hopefully that won't be the downfall of the Jets or for Aaron, although Aaron can you move. Hey, he's in good shape right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, he looks good. He looks real good. You I've should, been out to a couple practices. He look. He looks good. Yeah. You should see his body gear. Is there like a six foot five Hugh Jackman at practice whenever <laughs> you go there? Uh, 
No, well, I mean, who are you talking about? Alan Lazard? Like, I don't know. Like, oh, no, Alan no, Lazard no. Is a- Alan Lazard is a beast, but yeah. Aaron's got a body guru that is currently working oh, with Oh, I him. haven't seen that guy. Oh, I haven't seen that properly. guy. You'll know yeah. when. Yeah. You will know when you yeah. see Is he jacked? Oh, yeah. jocked. Jocked, dude. Real tall. Real tall. Has vascularity on his calves, bro. Bro, you think I you think I can hire him? Maybe I can get him to work work <laughs> me back in. What are you what are we doing? So I did see that you're on reality TV for uh a weight loss <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, that yeah, that was like a decade ago. Okay, so you did that. Yeah. I'm a guy that my yeah. weight fluctuates like 50 pounds every off season because I enjoy eating, I enjoy that, and then I get to a point where I'm like, man, you gotta stop being a fat ass. Like, let's let's get into shape, and then all of a sudden I'll get lazy and I'm out of it again. So I do not have yeah. good control on my weight. For you, are you battling with that still? And are you gonna get? Are we getting into fighting shape anytime soon? Is that oh, the plan? I'm, def- I'm yeah, I'm definitely getting into fighting shape. But the problem is, Pat's like. Like I love bacon too much. Like I love yeah. bacon and you know all that, all the all the shit that they say is bad for you. I love it too much. So it's always going to be a constant battle for me. Yeah, I'm a listen, man. I can smell food and gain five pounds. So <laughs> it's always going to be a problem. Hey, bacon though, you should get on that keto. Yeah, yeah, I think I will, man. Listen, bacon, bacon is part of my DNA. So like, I can never get rid of that. Okay, so there keto you is your yeah. and there you have uh, you have a sweet tooth as well. I'm a fat guy. I always have a sweet tooth. Like I wanted to ask. I'm always eating some some shit that's bad for you. Could you imagine me just saying to you, yeah, and I could tell you have a sweet tooth yeah. too. So yeah, like, with, uh, that would have been rude to me. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. going to ESPN with Disney. Right. Yeah. You know me just. Yeah. Pat McAfee, Fat James, Damian yeah. Woody. You know that whole thing. But like, it's, it's listen. That's okay. I'm not sensitive about it. I'm good. Well, that's always the thing. It's not about the person. It's always about how. Everybody else. Yeah, That's a much larger you. conversation anyways <laughs> yeah. that we will not dive into. But keto has these like incredible sweets too. Mm-hmm. Like it is delicious. It has worked for me really well. And if you love bacon, I think you should potentially dive in there. Cholesterol gonna go through the roof. Sure. Yep. You're gonna have to manage that because you're eating terrible food literally all day somehow and losing weight, but it's a good thing. Anyways, Connor has a question for you, D. Wood. Yeah, D. Wood, one what of the up? things of this uh, training camp has been, you know, Bryce Young, him kind of getting acclimated with the NFL, but also just being a rookie. And I believe it was Bradley Bozeman who came out and said that Bryce Young actually gave a speech and was trying to teach yeah. a protection the way that he wanted it with the old lineman. Have you ever heard anything like that from a rookie this early on in training camp? And what do you think about Bryce Young thus far from what you've seen? I have not heard that, but it wouldn't surprise me. This dude is super smart. Like, I think he's the most advanced guy uh, to come out of Alabama in, in, at the quarterback position in years. And, I mean, think about this. Alabama's had – I think, you know, they got like four quarterbacks right now that's going to be starting over over the span of the last six years. We talked about it on Get Up. But, uh, you know, Bryce Young, man, he, he's a guy that he's always – seemed like early on in his Bama career he had command of the huddle, knew exactly what he needed to do. Everyone talked about his size, but he's been used to that his whole playing career. So, listen, I, when it comes to Bryce Young, I'm all in on Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is going to have a phenomenal start to his career starting this year with his rookie year. Damien, you said that if you smell food, you gain three pounds. It's a lot of big dudes out there on a football field. Does that worry you at all about yeah. Bryce? That's the only knock, right, is that he's not the prototypical size. It's the only knock. No, no, I don't. Actually, if initially I was worried about it. 
But again, Pat, man, like he's been dealing with this his whole career. Everyone has been talking about how slight and how small he is, but all he's done is, you know, become a All-American quarterback, a Heisman Trophy winner, the number one overall pick, being at his side. So I think it's a guy, he's been used to it. Um, it doesn't bother him. He knows how to, you know, avoid these type of hits. And I think the dude just got a great head on his shoulder, the very high football IQ. Yeah, I, that's all anybody has been raving about. Yeah. Adam Thielen came on and was like, he knew in like day two or something where the ball was supposed to go against what coverage already. And Thielen actually got start because it was on him so quick. Mm-hmm. The ball was on him so quick. And he was like, read three or whatever. And Bryce had already bang, 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 got to him. And Thielen was like, oh, this dude. This guy fucking gets it. Yeah, he knows. Seems like he gets it, you know, and that's uh feels like everybody's saying that. Tone has a question for you. Yeah, D Wood, there's the the story coming out about uh how potentially players in Washington are going up to Ron Rivera and saying the enemy is, is being mean and treating him too hard. What do you feel about that? And how do you how do you think Rex or Bill would have uh, reacted if you would have said, like, oh, the OC is being mean to me today? Oh, boo hoo, who fucking cares? Like, you know, <laughs> like, like like seriously, like there being me wouldn't even be in Washington if you guys were handling fucking business out there with the Washington Commanders. Right. I mean, you're talking about a guy coming in who's been to five straight AFC Championship games, won two Super Bowls, coach Pat Mahomes, coach Travis Kelsey, coach Tyreek Hill, and you guys want to bitch and moan about his coaching style? Like, get over yourselves, man! Like, you guys get paid a lot of money. Obviously, they're trying to change the culture out there with the commanders, and you guys want to run to the head coach saying that, oh, you know, this guy's coached me hard. Like, dude, just everybody just needs to shut the hell up. Yeah, we agree with you. I mean, it's a tough look for sure. If it's week seven and their offense has been the worst in the NFL and this dude is mean to them every day and a miserable person and it's not working, then it makes sense that some there's like anonymous sources getting out mm-hmm. that like, hey – Offensive side of the ball in Washington hates their lives. Eric Bieniemy has no idea what he's doing, and they stink. You know, like haven't even played right. a game yet. We have no idea if they're going to be good. Players have no idea if they're going to be good. Although I guess they get a sense that they're not. Different generation, D Wood. Different generation. Yeah. Pac Man has a question for you. D Wood, um, Hall of Fame. Joe Thomas just went to the Hall of Fame. My question is, do you agree with it, and who do you think should be next? Oh, absolutely. Joe Thomas was like the Iron Man. Think about Pac-Man. Think about this, bro. Think about he was on some awful Cleveland Browns team. Horrible. And he was like horrible. Horribly bad. You play like a decade and don't miss a game. Don't miss a snap because you're out there just giving it y'all and playing at such a high level. He was like the best best tackle of his era, you know, during his time while he was playing football. So, I have so much respect for Joe Thomas because we know when you're playing with a perennially bad team, bad organization, sometimes you just sandbag it. But that dude played at an extremely high level. Yeah, I can wear you down. Mm-hmm. It can yeah. wear you down mentally. Yeah. You know, every yeah. day going in there, like, I'm doing everything for this place, and this place has done nothing for me. Yeah. You know, and right. instead he feels the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's like very thankful for the Browns. Gave me everything. everything. He absolutely loves the city. I appreciate him. He's one of the mentally toughest dudes yeah. of all time, though. Yeah. You know, like that is, that's real deal. Like I, because I was a part of one losing season. Bad. Really bad losing. Really, yeah. really bad. We earned number one that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Orlovsky almost ruined. Yeah. yeah. Orlovsky almost ruined number one. He brought some happiness. But that whole building is miserable. Yeah. The whole building, the the chefs. What? 
the equipment managers, well, the trainers, the ticket salespeople, the everybody. sponsorship people, the general manager. Every coach thinks they're getting fired right. every single day. Every player thinks they're getting cut. That is like a hell atmosphere professionally. You're getting paid a lot of money, so suck it up. But still, like your experience is a miserable one. To do that for a decade yeah. and still show up at the highest level is... It's phenomenal. It honestly, it's why he's Joe Thomas. Yeah. Ty, last question here for you, D Wood. We appreciate you. Yeah, D Wood. Yep. This morning, Greeny was kind of pounding the drum that he wants the Jets to go out and and trade for David Bakhtiari to maybe try to shore up their offensive line. As a Packers fan, you know Bakhtiari three years ago was arguably the best left tackle in the league, and then the last two years, you know, he tears an ACL and then just for whatever reason, doesn't ever really recover from it. Maybe it's mental or or whatever, has missed a lot of games. As a former offensive lineman, how hard is it to actually get back to where you used to be? And do you see Bakhtiari finally returning to form this year when he's kind of been a shell of himself the last two years? Man, it's it's so hard, man. It it really is. As you get older, man, you you know – Pat would be able to tell you, and Pac-Man as well, it just gets harder to recover. That's the whole thing. I remember, like, when I first came into the league, I could go out there and play – I go out there and play a game, and I could go out and play another one. And you see the veteran guys, they're going to get in the cold tub, and they need days off. Man, but as you get older, all of a sudden, you don't start feeling right until the la- latter part of the week. I remember yeah. my last year, I didn't even start feeling normal until, like, Friday, Saturday. No, you got game. a Thursday night game. You got a Thursday night game, though. Oh well, you got to pop pop something, pop some pills or something. No, no. player safety. Player safety. No, we're talking about player safety. Oh yeah, okay, okay. We're gonna we're gonna be PG and say player safety, but you're gonna do what you got to (laughs) do to get out there and play on Thursday. So yeah, it's hard, man. Just just to say the least, it's hard to get out there. D Wood, you big guys. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, late in the season, just every step is miserable. You know, ankles, these guys are 300 and some. They're moving very fast, right? Every play. Every single play. We're we're, we're cattle. We're cattle. Whatever. I don't want to have Yeah, you know what I mean? Ankles, knees, hips, obviously shoulders, and we have a headache too. Yeah, why? Well, we ran our heads into somebody 60 times on Sunday. Right. Like it, yeah. And then that's when that Thursday night game got introduced. You heard a lot of the big guys like, how? How are it's we possible. How are we even going to do that? That was the biggest thing. Now it's just normal. Now it's just like, yeah, got to be ready. They eat better, allegedly, so that helps everybody. I don't know. And you don't practice that week anyway, though. What, after or Thursday, before? That Thursday night. Yeah, yeah it's walk-through, yeah, walk-through, walk-through. Walk-through, walk-through, walk-through. Yeah, still, I saw some big dudes – you got hey, thanks for your service. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, D Wolf. Thank you for your service. Man, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Hey, thanks for coming. Are you on TV all day today? No, I'm getting the hell out of here now. I'm good. <laughs> what are we are we growing beard out? What are we doing? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still on summer vacation right now. I'll cl- I'll clean up when we get close to the week one. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, this Smart. is summer wood. Yeah, summer Smart. wood. Got yeah, it. that's it. That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, Damian Woody. Thank you, buddy. Is now in an attic in Ohio is a man who's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, the all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, father of 10, COVID survivor, A.J. Hall. A.J., how you doing, pal? I'm doing great, pal. How you doing? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for asking. Uh, Have we learned anything about anything since yesterday (laughs) in the Hawk department? Uh, As in, as far as what? 
anything yeah. about anything life. in the Hawk department. Football, mm-hmm. life. life. AJ, what would you like to kind of kick off the AJ Hawk hours? <laughs> Ohio State? In a conversation about. Did something happen that I don't know about? Am I unaware of something that you guys We're think is a big you. deal? It's a talk show. Okay, all I'm asking is for you to talk. It's all, you know what I mean? Just say, what, what does yeah. AJ Hawk want to talk about? How you pose the question is a bit weird, I would say, for sure. I know you're just buying time because Fred Taylor is probably on the line waiting. I get it. But I don't know whatever this foolishness that so you're doing. if I was buying time, he wouldn't be on the line. Klein. With that being said, I, I was buying time because he was not on the line. Right. But now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> joining us is a guy who is an absolute legend in the football world. All of his peers believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. That's because when he was on the field, he was impossible to tackle and an absolute dog. dog. Now he's one of the hosts of the Pivot Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Fred Taylor. (laughs) You guys are crazy, man. AJ, listen, bro. I wanted to knuckle up against you, but we never crossed paths. But I wanted to give you the business, bro. How come? I wanted to see what you. I wanted to see what you was made of. Oh, I like that. The problem with you, Fred, is. You're obviously a stout, powerful dude that runs super hard, but I can't take you low because your legs are too damn big, too. So that's why I'm glad I never faced that. It would not have been fun. Nah, would not have been fun. I need nah, to know that, buddies. You know what? No, nah, it's just my way of saying good fuck, uh, good career. Uh, I got to watch my language. We're not on YouTube anymore. No, we so are. I got to watch my language. Nah, we are. You know what I'm we saying? We are, and we always will be. Yeah, yeah. Now, granted, if you let that fly here in a little bit, a uh, date to be announced uh, when we go on ESPN, it might get muted, might slip through, but you can certainly let any fuck fly that you would like mm-hmm. on this particular day. <laughs> we want you to be as comfortable as ever because we're all big fans of yours, and I do appreciate you telling that face on the other side of the screen like I wish we would have had a chance to potentially cause CTE to each other. Like I, I really <laughs> like that, and I think that's why everybody respects and appreciates you as a football player. Let's just dive right into it right now. Uh, everything we just chatted about there, you were like, no, it's just hard mm-hmm. nose guy, huh? Running yeah, hard, yeah. hard nose, put an entire city on your back potentially at the running back position. It's obviously not like that in a lot of places anymore. I think in Tennessee with Derrick Henry, it's like that. That is their identity. We're going to beat you up. I think Christian. McCaffrey out in San Francisco, pretty pivotal part of their identity and their offense. He just got traded out there last year. But everywhere else, Mm -hmm. it's not really like what it was like back in the day. And that's potentially why the running back position is in the situation that it's in right now. What are your thoughts on it all? And have you reached out to anybody to ask how they feel about it as well? You know, I want to add one guy who I I think we all can consider might be the best back in the NFL right now, Nick Chubb. He's been healthy. Okay. He's been kicking ass. And, you know, with the addition of Deshaun Watson, who should also, you know, uh, increase their run game output, I think prior to that, you know, he's just been a consummate pro. He doesn't say much. He just gets the job done. And uh, you would expect teams would look at what he's done, look at his value, and say, you know, we have to pay this guy. So there are not many guys like that left. But when you talk about a guy who can carry a load, put his team on his shoulder, you got to talk about Nick Chubb. Uh, the running back thing, it's a mess right now. You know, and it's going to be that way until the next CBA comes about, I believe. It has to be done in black and white. It's not a whole lot they can do right now. Obviously, the teams have all of the leverage. And I think what it comes down to is really what they think about you as, as, as a character person, as a talent on the field. 
you know, what you do in the local community. I think all those things can contribute to you potentially getting the payday you deserve. Because if that doesn't apply, then what they're going to say is, you know, you potentially you can be hurt next. Because I, I, I think the, um, the process is I get a guy early in the first round. We give him guaranteed money at 22. We get him. We 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 do the uh, the fight. We exercise his fifth year. Now he's twenty seven, twenty eight. Ah. Tag him for a year, and then after that, he's he's thirty, which is when they try and say that's your decline. But a lot of these guys are amazing. They block, they catch, right. and they run their asses off. And I think deservingly so. They should be compensated accordingly. Uh, but you know the league plays these games, and they kind of pick and choose. Uh, there's always younger guys hungry and ready to go in the run game. They believe they can put any back, anybody back there. So it's just a, a messed up position to be in. But I think all of those guys that are extremely talented, they're definitely worth, um, you know, their certain packages. Yeah, it's a weird time for the running back position for sure. Dalvin Cook's still out there. I'll be excited yeah. to see what he gets. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. His contract. The, the longer it takes, though, the longer it takes, the longer he's out there, the more leverage you're putting back on these teams. So I think Dalvin, or at least if I was his agent, I would say, look, we got to be in camp somewhere here, you know, pretty soon. Otherwise, the ball is going to kick off. It's going to be the regular season. They're going to fill their rosters. And then you're not going to have that room to negotiate, especially if you have the young, these young, hungry guys that have been waiting on their opportunities to get out there uh, with a pretty good offensive line or whatever it might be. Uh, these guys get out there and they're averaging – you know, four yards to carry teams believe they can get it done at that rate. So I think you get in camp right now. And, uh, you know, whatever whatever comes from that moment, you know, you take advantage of it. I haven't even thought about that particular aspect of it. Like, yeah. you don't get in a camp. You're just assuming that some team is going to need a running back. Or but there's up. also a chance no on way. the flip side that some of these other running backs that are worth 300000 or $400,000 at veteran men, Much. if they can pop off three and a half, four yards for the offensive system that you need, it's like, why are we going to go sign a vet? who has mileage on him. and I haven't even thought about that. I hope Dalvin Cook signs with the Colts tomorrow. But whatever number (laughs) he gets is going to be talked about everywhere. You know, because, like, you think about Yannick Ngakwe. What did he just sign for? 10-5. And then there was some other free agent at a position that wasn't running back that just signed. Or Judon just got, like, 16. Yeah, Judon got 16. Then Cole Komet got a $50 million extension. So, like, there's deals happening for other positions that are worth money. Mm -hmm. Wide receiver. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. gets 13 and a half, and then Nuke gets, like, 32 million or something like that over two years Mm -hmm. or something. So, like, there is money being put out in different places. So, Dalvin Cook's contract is going to be talked about a lot, whatever it is. I just went with the Colts, and I like your also game shape, right? Like, I know he's in incredible shape. He's from Miami. Miami guys are always in shape. I mean, that's just kind of what they're known for. They work their asses off. But, like, just getting dropped in there so late. He knows his body better than I do. I think wanting to get into a system and get comfortable would be something you want to do. Come to the Colts, bro. Anyways, uh, AJ has a question for you, Fred. <laughs> Fred, you mentioned sure. that with the running backs, things might not happen until the next CBA. What could they put in that CBA, you think, to help these running backs out? Like uh, you have to spend a certain amount per position or, or things like that? I think it all comes down to the franchise clause. You know, at the end of the day, it should be what it says. If you're the franchise player, pay me accordingly. You know, and if you don't, I, I mean, when I say that is, if I'm the franchise player, how about putting me in the category of the highest Fred, pay? we have to stop. We have to stop. This is a great answer. And we will definitely dive back into this. 
What the fuck did you just drink? Something came out of your mouth. Did you just loogie into a cup right there? <laughs> you, nah, you know what? I'm drinking my mushroom coffee. And um, I had a little kickback because when I, I was rushing to hurry up so I'm not, I wouldn't be late. <laughs> and some of the um, the opening from the container got in the cup. So oh. it's just a little piece, man. Oh, yeah. okay. Are you okay? I didn't lose you. Come on, brother. I'm, I am solid. <laughs> okay. I got my mushroom coffee. I'm good to go, man. I'm good. I was worried. I was worried, bro. Something came out. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting Whoa. there something. I'm like, is everything, is everything okay? <laughs> this, is, this is exactly why. I love you guys, man. I love this show, bro. Every time I'm invited on, I just sit back and think, man, you guys are so fucking cool and awesome. And, you know, you're, you're leading the way, bro. Keep doing what you're doing because we look at you guys as the blueprint and we like to be somewhere close to where you guys are at some point. But I know it's the grind. You put in work. This going to salute you, but I, I love this show, man. Well, Y'all just fucking don't you. care. Yeah, well, yeah, you care, to, but you don't care. Yeah, 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 I like, had to know about that. Had to find out what's <laughs> happening if you're okay. Thank you for the kind yeah. words. You guys are obviously crushing it at The Pivot. We are big fans of your work. Obviously, Appreciate it. the booking you guys have been doing lately. Hey, come on. Not yeah. easy. That shit's not easy. You're traveling, too, doing it all. You guys are crushing it. We appreciate the love yeah. uh, very much and keep going. Happy you're okay. Yeah, I thought... You know what I mean? Never know. I'm like, hey, listen, man. If you got stuff going on, don't no, get me on a Get out of here. Mushroom coffee. I'm, that's, I'm good. Hey, that's good mushrooms we're taking right now? No no psychedelics. There's it, no psychedelics. It's just the good mushrooms. You know, they all have different benefits. So uh, this is the good stuff. This is actually my company. Uh, this is a new space that we're active in. So um, it, it has a lot of benefits. That has helped me. So hopefully it'll help everybody else that gives it a shot. How do I buy it? Online. We're, we're not live yet. We're, you know, oh, we're okay. still building. Beta, beta. The samples are in. We're getting the tasting done. So uh, when we go live, I'll definitely make sure you guys get a package. Yeah, I love mushrooms, sure. all of them. And if you're going to be to make psychedelic ones, too, send those. <laughs> <laughs> send those all right. But anyway. When, when, they, when they legalize it, I think we have the perfect name, the Mushroom Coffee Company. We'll be right in line. So when they legalize psychedelics, oh, it'll just yeah. kind of carry over and we'll be able to be able to insert the psychedelics into the coffee. You win win across the board. Yeah, so I'll tell you what, that'll be a lot better than those peanut butter pieces of bread with yeah. you know <laughs> shit mushrooms on it. Or pizza. You know, they put it on pizza, it tastes exactly. good. It's like well, it doesn't taste like pizza anymore. What's it taste like? Well, it tastes like cow shit. That's because yeah. yep. that is where this comes from. But the next six hours are about to be a great, great time. Point. Anyways, uh AJ, Love it. back to your question. I apologize. We just learned Fred Taylor's okay and yeah. business is booming. Yeah, let's go. Happy for you, Fred. Go ahead, AJ. Run that back. I mean, I don't even remember exactly what we were talking about. Some of the CBA, I guess, and the running backs, what they could do and put in place for the next CBA. Correct. Yeah, no, I think just uh, honoring fr the franchise tag for what it is. You know, if you're going to franchise me, how about pay me like a franchise player, uh, if that's what you think of me. And I think that would either be matching the high salary on the team on an annual perspective, or if that's not the case, uh, let's let's use the franchise tag. If you're going to still pay me uh, in, for from a position uh, perspective, how about pay me at, as the top guy at that position? So, for example, as a running back, Christian McCaffrey is averaging 16 million per year. If you're going to franchise tag me, tag me at the 16 million per per year number, and then if you're going to tag me again year two, if I outplay this number then let's include an escalator. I think those franchise tags, if nothing else, should come with escalator clauses because if you can tag me three times... Two, two, two now. 
I should, well, two times, I apologize. It should be some sort of kicker clause in there yeah. or, you know, clause that escalate uh, because the downside is long term. I lose out on a long, long term. And that's what you're betting on. You're betting on that. I do not play for an extended period of time. And again, for running backs at the 30 year old mark, they think you're going to decline. But running backs have shown that they can also ascend after 30 years of age. A lot of guys have done it. The numbers are small, but guys are capable. Have you been franchise tagged before? Never. I always, and the reason because, uh, Pat, is I had X amount of injuries in my career. So for me, it was a, a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush. Oh, I like so, that. And I always wanted to get out <gasps> there and grind and show people that I was worthy. Uh, it's just timing in my career on a lot of instances from injuries, ah. a lot of other things. I, I was just never in position to go out there and uh, have a valid argument and show them this is what I'm worth. So I took whatever I was able oh. to grab to go and take care of my family. This is in 420p, you know. The quality <laughs> of the video is uh, a little lower than it is today. But you got you had Jets, Power, and a team that loved running the football. Okay, yeah. What a perfect right. match made in heaven down there. In that Denver. run right there, man. I love that run against Tampa, man. Okay. That run, I told Woo! Warren Sapp I was going to bust their ass my rookie year. Pause. And uh, he was like, don't write a check. Your ass can't cash. He tackled me on the first two plays of the game. I lost like minus eight. But this was the game-winning run, 71-yarder. Shout out Tony Buscelli, big 71, uh, for a game-winning touchdown. And uh, we got the last laugh. You're hey, way this too is, late This on one here feet. is still. Yeah, yeah. That was fun, man. Look at that. Pulling Look away from corner. That's still, a, that's still a playoff record right there. That's still an NFL playoff record right there. Hey. 90 yards against the fence. Last question for me for Paxo. How, how heavy are you right there? Oh, right there in this run right here? Yeah. I was 228 right there. Four, that two, guy's four, 100, 165 pounds, 170 pounds chasing a 220. <laughs> you would have done really well in this generation, huh? Man, I, I think I would have blessed these guys. <laughs> <laughs> what a line. Pac-Man has a question for you, Fred. Speaking of that. That's my brother. What's up, bro? What's up, brother? Speaking of that, looking at the film, 11,695 yards. Is that good? 66 touchdowns. What is it going to take for you to put on the gold jacket? What is taking so long? You know what, man? I always say God's timing is the best. I have absolutely zero control of uh, what the selectors think. Uh, I'm really trying to get in that final room, the room with the finalists, and I think they'll do a deeper dive and kind of sort out, you know, where my career stands up against the greatest that have ever done it. I retired 15th all time in the history of the game. I don't know how many backs, you know, attempted to, um, you know, meet that mark, but I retired 15th all time. Uh, I think I'm ninth all time in 100-yard games exactly. put out there. What? I, I, well, you know, the people, they got to decide. But, you know, God's timing is the best, bro. And uh, it's out of my hands. You, you know, I can it? make you certain arguments. It? I do. I do. I wish I had thought about it more when I was an active player. Do you, you know, think I think I would approach the game a little bit differently. Do you think you deserve um, I think when you look at the numbers, yes. You know, when you put them up against the greatest guys that have played, even some of the guys that are already in, and then they throw out era, this, that, the other. I, I get it. But if you look at this era, I don't think you'll see many more 10,000-yard rushes. 
I was the 21st 10,000-yard rusher of all time. But, uh, you know, the, but that's the argument. Uh, we don't know what the criteria are. No one knows. Wow. Uh, if you look at the receivers, for example, I think uh, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, who was an absolute dog, dog, you know, he influenced the game on so many levels. He's 31st all time in receiving yardage. There are a lot of other guys in front of him. Do those guys have a valid argument or 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 does it or does the don't fact that he start? Out, hey, Fred, can't get into this where like logic and reason. You know, it, it's a lot. Can't do logic I, and I'm reason. Saying. Can't do logic and but reason. But that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say. What are the criteria? What's the logic? What's the reason? Is it name? Is it Hall of Game? Hall of Fame? Oh. Hall of popularity? Like what exactly is it? And I'm not crying. But I didn't. I played in a small market. I didn't get all of the Pro Bowls. The timing didn't allow that. Some years I arrest some of the guys that were in the Pro Bowl. I didn't get the nod. Fred, you give or need, take. So Fred, it's you, a lot of stuff. Hey, you just need to know though. Like everybody that's ever played against you or with you yeah, says yeah. you should deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That's why. Like, that's all I, that matters. Yeah, bingo. That's what I'm saying. Like, Absolutely. Because like all that stuff in Pro Bowls, you just talked about playing in a small market. Like at the end of the day, that's kind of a popularity contest too at a lot of different positions. Mm-hmm. And we hold it in such yeah. high regards, you know, people do. And there was a couple of times where I was like, yep, I'm certainly going to be a Pro Bowler this year and didn't make it. And then I get a little jaded probably towards the whole process or an award in college that – certainly should have won, don't win, or something else like that. And I've been jaded towards – and A.J. never went to a Pro Bowl, I don't think. All-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, obviously in the same division as Erlacher. And, and you know, that's a crazy thing to think about. So I think A.J. and I have a very similar view on it. You need not think about that, Fred. You're a dog in everybody's eyes. Hell yeah. They'd be lucky to let you into their Hall of Fame so we could relive your career ah. for a weekend in Canton. We just want to let you know, honestly. I appreciate those words, man. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate those sentiments. Um, you know, if it happens, it happens. You know, whether I'm here or not, hopefully, if it does happen, my family can enjoy it if I'm not here. But, I, you know, prayfully, if it does happen, I hope I'm here, able to celebrate and and give back to everybody so we can really party, you know, and get it in. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. It, it's out of my control. But in the meantime, I'm going to pivot and continue to grind and do my thing and uh, support you guys in the process and everything else. So let's talk about the pivot, and we appreciate the hell out of you, and that's the perfect mindset. We believe mm-hmm. you deserve to be in there. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Fred, speaking of the mm-hmm. pivot, uh, granted, like, I remember watching you play, but I was young, you know, by the time you were done, but it seemed like like you were a, a soft-spoken guy and, and just a killer on the field, but I don't really remember going back and, like, seeing many clips of you giving, like, you know, big sound bites or interviews or anything like that. Was getting into the media Post career was that ever something you considered, or did you kind of just fall into everything with I am athlete and then the pivot? No, I didn't consider it at all, man. Uh, my my the head of PR, the senior PR guy in Jacksonville, Dan Edwards, who's retired now. After I retired, so around 2011, 12, he gave me a shout. He's like, "Look, we're not winning a lot of games. We're trying to keep the fans intact. Uh, we're going to try something different. How about you give us a shot?" with post-game radio and in-stadium uh, game day analysis. I was like, nah, I'm good. And he was like, nah, I don't want you to tell me no, so I'll give you two weeks to think about it. After two weeks, he gave me a shout. He goes, uh, I know I said I was going to give you two weeks to think about it, but I'm not going to let you say no. So <clears throat> he's always believed in me. He was the person that um, 
you know, told me exactly. Not, he didn't tell me what to say to the media during my playing days, but he encouraged me to just be myself. You know, he gave me that confidence to just go out there and speak and not worry about necessarily what came out of my mouth, but just to be honest with the reporters. So he believed in me. So I was like, all right, Dan, I trust you. I gave it a shot. I did the uh, in-stadium analysis for the team. I've been doing that since 2012, post-game radio 2012. So that gave me the experience. So when Brandon Marshall came over during the pandemic and asked uh, if we would like to do a podcast during the pandemic, I was like, sure, I just want to get out of the house. I'm bored in hell Stay at, at six home. Feet away Let's from do everybody. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stay six feet. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then we ended up, uh, we started there What I Am Athlete. Obviously, you guys know the history of that. It didn't necessarily pan out due to certain business discrepancies and conflicts. Um, and from there, we had to pivot. And we started the pivot, which I think was an amazing name based on that whole period. Very pandemic, clever. We had to pivot, the pivot from the pandemic. We had to pivot from business discrepancies. So we got in and we 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 talked to Ryan Clark, who's a, a dog at you know journalism and and, and everything he does. Uh, he said, "Yeah, let's do it." Channing, you guys know what Channing brings to the table, and uh, we created this. This brand, you know, this platform, which I think has been absolutely phenomenal for ourselves and giving back to the people, the culture. Uh, it's been very therapeutic for us as well as people that uh, approach us with the feedback. So we just want to keep going, man. Keep building uh, until we can't go no more. Hey, everybody can podcast. But everybody can't pivot. Damn right, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've been watching, bro. We really enjoy mm-hmm. what you guys do. I, yeah. I enjoy <laughs> My God. I enjoy anybody that, like, works their asses off. And you guys are certainly doing that. Because I think a lot of ex-players in the past, maybe, were able to not really do much and benefit grossly from it. Yeah. Now in this new era, right. like, I, I'm much more obviously. I was a punter, you know, so people know that three to four hours a day while meetings were happening, I was getting better at cornhole in that locker, and I became a fucking sniper. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did. But, like, now I'm I don't know, probably 400x busy than I was oh, yeah. <laughs> whenever I was in the NFL. But it's, like, gratifying, fulfilling, and the opportunity is there. So watching you guys take advantage of that and thrive has been fun right. for all of us. So you guys need to keep fucking going, all right? Listen, let's up. We will, man. Let's, we definitely will. It's up. a grind. Okay. It's a grind. All right, let's talk about you and the Jacksonville Jaguars, though, for a while. Seemingly good football team, huh? We're here. We made it. We're at a time where there's expectations. We're at a time where they're going to fill up the stadium every right. single week. Right. There's no more clowns out in the stands beating the Indianapolis Colts, knocking the Colts out of the playoffs, sending Carson Wentz yep. over to Washington. We're in good times right now, right? In Jacksonville, is that what it feels like? And how good can it, Trevor it, it and feels that way. You know, it definitely feels that way. And, and thankfully, we were able to get a coach that that's a former player, former quarterback, <laughs> that can really just communicate with, you know, our franchise quarterback and Trevor Lawrence, Trevor's amazing. He's an amazing person, uh, just an amazing character. You know, he's an amazing player. He's always one on every level, you know, and uh, to be able to – this is who Trevor Lawrence is. Go back to that San Diego game. Four interceptions, didn't flinch. He kept on slinging that. He kept slinging it, kept slinging it. Came back, they fought back, they won the game. They went up to fight a beast in Kansas City on their field in the uh, divisional round. And, you know, it fell short, but he kept slinging. He kept coming back. That's what you want from your quarterback. Answers. No one who's going to – you. 
You want a person who is not going to back down. You want a leader. You know, that's exactly who he is. And I think, you know, they have a perfect, you know, relationship with he and Doug. You know, the guys that are around him, you know, from Zay, from Christian Kirk, now with the addition of Calvin Ridley, you know, Evan Ingram there, you know, those guys. So they got the weapons on offense, Travis Etienne. So they got the five-pack. Those guys can get it done from a defensive side. You know, you got Josh Josh Allen, who's the leader of that that defense. The secondary's been great. Tyson Campbell, all those guys. So you would think the Jaguars are in position to take that leap but, uh, in the AFC South. But, yeah, uh, but, you guys, re, re, yeah, but you yeah. guys, re, you guys are regrouping it. Nah. We know you don't want us to beat the Colts. <laughs> no, we know this, Pat. It's Colts, but you know it's yeah. all good. We got a six-five, no, no. two hundred and fifty-pound guy running a four-three. Sorry. Hate it. I'm biased. He's a gator. He's a gator. I love him to death. Yeah, dude. Trust me. You already know how I feel about Anthony Richardson. Yeah, we're all doing You know, it. but when 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 we knuckle up two games a year, you know, we I can't root for him though. I can root for him success, but I just want to win. He can have five hundred yards passing Jaguars win. I'm good. I don't care. I do not care. If he has and the same thing with the Houston Houston. Hey, me Texans, too, by the way. If you he know, has 500 yards it, passing and we lose next year, <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. DJ Stroud, the same thing. I love him. I love him. I pray that he does great in the pros. He's in the AFC South. Same thing. Three, 400, 500 passing and a loss to the Jaguars. I don't care. <laughs> you know, as long as we win. We just want wins so we can get in the playoffs and do our thing. Hell yeah. It's I'm happy for the Jaguars fans, man. Honestly. Very, very happy for it. And Jags always gave Colts problems. Like, I guess there was a while yeah. there where they didn't, I think. But then it became a real – Jaguars would beat the Colts basically every single year in at least one of the games. Just run the ball. Just, just run the ball. Maurice, myself, just, just run the ball on them. That was the formula. But you know, you try to slow down Peyton, who's an absolute dog. Dog. You know, and I don't. I never really understood That's Peyton. True. We beat him four times in college at Florida. Then to get in the NFL, and he just goes crazy. Like he just goes absolute nuts. But uh, obviously, a legend, Hall of Famer. He found a way to win. Brought the rings back to Indy. Um, I don't know. Jaguars just always got up for the best. The, you know, the best in the division to try to give you guys fit, and we did. We just didn't win the big ones well, when it really mattered. So well, hopefully it, they can change that. Anthony Richardson it is – I think he said this. I don't know if it was on the record or off the record, I, but I, and I don't think I heard it. Somebody else did that I was talking to. They, I can remember. He said, we ain't never losing to the fucking Jaguars. Nice. That's what Anthony Richardson said. Good so, mindset. He never said that. Come on, Pat. <laughs> he never said that. I, yeah, I don't, show, me, show me where that comes from. Yeah, yeah. see, that's what I'm somewhere. saying. Uh, I don't remember. Rookie watch, somewhere. second, third hand. I don't remember oh, who yeah. said it. Somebody. Somebody. It, <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember it who made its way back to you. Yeah, it made its way. You got to be the vapes. Yeah, I got vapes off the set or something. We got to be the vapes. Well, it, so. Yeah, actually, actual flower, not, you know, but that's CBD only. We're yeah. in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in Indiana. CBD only? Yeah, CBD, CBD only. only. Yeah, none of those psychedelic okay. mushrooms you're chugging this morning no. either, no. even though you're saying you're not. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. AJ Pat got in the pack, though. Yeah. You smell me? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he certainly does. But the ones he brings here are only CBD. That's right. Yeah, only yeah, CBD. Yeah. I love it. We don't need Pat driving from Ohio to Indiana in a Rolls Royce. Definitely don't need With a bunch of Pack got the Pack (laughs) in his car. You know, that's like a 10 to 15 year sentence. That's not good. Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy. No, sir. CBD only. CBD only. CBD only. That's right. AJ, go ahead, pal. 
Fred, uh, I'm curious, you ever like go do yoga on Shad Khan's yacht? I see him traveling around doing those things. I'm wondering what's your relationship like with him, the owner? Shad is amazing. Tony, his son, is a rock star, obviously. They got the AEW, and uh, people thought Tony was crazy when he started it, but it's actually kicking ass, and they're doing a great job uh, right there with wrestling. Uh, Mr. Khan, man, just to come into Jacksonville and just have the balls to buy the team and say, look, you know, I, I believe in this product and just I want to carry it forward. They've done so much, and they're partnering, partnering with the city, you know, uh, renovating the stadium, putting the pools in there, got the two biggest jumbotrons in the whole entire world, not just the NFL, but the world. Uh, so they made a big investment into the city. Uh, they got a lot of the stuff going world, on there. Fred? A lot of re- the world, Fred? Yes. Fred? Is yeah, that real? World. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love I mean, that. you can ask Google, but yeah, Chad, <laughs> he, he invested in the city. He invested in the product. They just got a brand new, I think it's a $140 million practice facility, 120 or 140 mil practice facility um, there in Jacksonville. And it looks absolutely amazing. Make me wish I can come out of retirement, but you those can. days are way past me. Oh, uh, but yeah, no, just the commitment, the commitment there, uh, a lot of retail projects, the revitalization of downtown Jags, which is connected right there to the sporting venues where the stadium is. So, he wanted to, to 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 shake up Jacksonville, and I think he is. The one thing that's missing is a winning product. But I think they're slowly mm-hmm. headed in that direction. Like 2017, when they were cheated in New England, Miles Jack wasn't down. Mm-hmm. But I digress. No, you guys took it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's crazy. And then it's the team crazy. imploded. So hopefully they can win. Yep. You know, hopefully the uh, commitment and dedication that he's brought forward he'll be rewarded with a championship someday. Yeah, I appreciate him investing in everything. You know, like, hey, if you're going to be a fan of ours, I know it's not necessarily the easiest, but I want to showcase to you that I'm going to try to make it the best experience ever right. possible. That mascot, too. We talk, He needs oh, to keep oh, his yeah. cheeks yeah. and his yeah. pants. Weapon. But, like, he is he's incredible at what he does. The show down there is awesome. I didn't know they had the biggest Jumbotron in the world, Craig. Yeah, in, the yeah, world. in the world? Yeah. In the world? Two of them? You said two of them? The biggest oh. two times two. Is that including? It, the was, it was the Cowboys at one point, but Jacksonville, it stretches from sideline to sideline. It is like it's pictures of this. Like, what is it? It's huge. Go <laughs> full screen on him. Let's. We didn't get it full because it was. Can, can you? Uh, yeah, it's. I don't it. know. I can't even stretch Whoa. it out. It, that's that's big. big. But yeah, it, it is big as can be. Yeah, they're ridiculous. So and they're beautiful. They're not four twenty. You go like eight K. So this is the Colts jumbotron right here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the top left corner. Yeah. Of the yep. stadium. Yep. yep. I've been pitching hard. For them to put, there's a spot. That's a big deal, Fred. At the games, yeah, the jumbotron yeah. is a massive ordeal. Yeah. It, like at Dallas, if you were playing there, everybody on earth is just watching that. The like that's literally. But what that's you're that's the NFL. They Holy found their shit. niche. That's the business model. What an undersell by Fred. Oh, Fred, you set your hands up in the air. I, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Holy bad. hell, what that's is the this? End zone. And you have it times two. You have one by the pool and one on the, the other end down there. But that's the NFL. It's I mean, not, we're in though. Age the, where, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's not, though. Like, well, other teams will incorporate that here at some point because they're selling $90 hot dogs and $1,000 beers, <laughs> yep. and people are watching the game on the board. They're not even looking at the field anymore. I don't it, think the Bengals You bring them there, you entertain them, and you, and you watch the screen. 
Like you're at a movie, like at a drive-through. Yes. Old school, new school, and you're watching the game up here on the board, not paying attention to the actual product on the field. You're here, but that's the business model. And replays score, score, matter. score, drink, 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 eat, 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 and replays do matter. Replays like really yeah. matter. Everybody, as soon as the play is done, is going right up to yep. Jumbo. Feel like I'm at home. Yeah, bingo. Yeah. And it's like. The Colts yep. have pretty good Wi-Fi in the stadium, which Pretty's is a good sure. play. Yeah, nice. Comfy play. seats. The seats are Super a little bit comfy. too comfortable. People get a little too quiet, especially yeah. those 1 o'clock games, which is every week because we had a number four overall pick, which, once again, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, go ahead. hey, Pat, but back in your day, you guys were pumping uh, noise. Yeah. I, won't, I won't say that That's too right. loud. I heard you pumping noise into yep. the stadium so they can't fall asleep. Bingo. I'm just saying. Oh, just Fred, saying. shut up. <laughs> I, you know, I don't need to hear that. You hear how loud I talk? That was me. My, that was a, that was me that they were saying was pumping in. No, that RCA dumb, I guess. Before. Yeah, they were. It was like. It was crazy. They said it was bananas. Yeah. And then Freeney and Robert Mathis would be on the edge. And then they just got like the loudest uh, noises of all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They were, they were, uh-huh. so, they were, they were so freaking good, man. And, uh, what's my guy? Bob Sanders. Hell yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Dude, he's man. still. I saw him. I forget who's Ring of Terry, Honor induction. Somebody had a Ring of Honor induction recently, and we were up in the suite or whatever bullshit. And it was before I got on the team, but a bunch of the people that I I had met. Tariq? Tariq? Glenn? Yeah. Was I, it Tariq? I think it was Tariq's. It might have been Freeney's. I don't remember whose it was. Okay. But um, we were there, and Bob was there. And it was like, oh, shit, good to see Bob. Whenever I talked to Bob, you know, he's Erie, Pennsylvania guy, Western mm-hmm. Pennsylvania guy. And I was with Bob for two years uh, at the beginning. He was hurt for the one year for like seven weeks. And then his first game back, I think he had like two picks, yep. a forced fumble, and like a touchdown or something like that. And this dude had headphones on for the last eight weeks, didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. And then he just shows up and yeah. just ruined everybody's life. So it was nice seeing him. Yeah. He is still like... Probably Jock. That's insane. He I is, picked him up. He was playing in a nickel slot, had a nickel blitz there, fire zone. I had to pick him up. Boom, my shoulder went out. I'm like, what the fuck? This guy is just one big muscle. <laughs> like, it's insane how explosive he was. And if he didn't get hurt, you know, if he didn't have the injuries, he should be or would have been mentioned in the same breath as Troy Palmalu. They were the same player. They were the exact same player. Troy was an absolute goat. He, he, he does what he does, but they tackled the same. They were as explosive. They had the same instincts. It's just Bob didn't play as long which probably will affect uh, whatever argument he has for the Hall of Fame. But he made that coach defense go 5'7", but he played like he was 6'3", and I definitely respect that dude. And he – defensive player of the year, I think, yeah. uh, when they won the Super Bowl. Yep. So, like, direct mm-hmm. the statue and every, the stadium, everything. Mm-hmm. The year he had his best year is when all this stuff probably came to be. I'm a massive fan. Wish I could have played alongside him longer. I'm happy you gave him some love there, too, because he doesn't really – Tend to get any because how quiet he is. Yeah, yeah. Like he's players respect players. Players respect players. Same thing with Nick Chubb. I heard you guys say earlier. I was kind of quiet. Same thing with Nick Chubb. He does, Nick Chubb. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves. We all know he's a dog. He gets it done. Cleveland isn't the biggest market. They're not winning. You know as much as they probably could. Uh, and with that, he doesn't get the same highlight as a lot of these other running backs might get. I used to say back in the day, and this wasn't hating on anybody, but if you're in New York and you're playing, you have 700 yards, that's equivalent to 
eleven or twelve hundred yards from Jacksonville. <laughs> You're gonna get pushed up here. So he's not getting that love. And and I understand it because he's quiet. Yeah. He doesn't do the extra marketing stuff. I told him he should take advantage of that when we visited um Brown's camp yesterday and sat down with him. He's like, go out there and take advantage. Let people see how articulate you are. Uh you're a handsome dude. Like take advantage of these opportunities and set yourself up for post career. And even along with that these people that are on the outside of Cleveland, let them see who you are. Well, he doesn't care about it. Hopefully he has a change of heart with that. But yeah, man, when you're quiet, when you don't say a lot, say a lot, you don't get as much love as some of these guys that are just obnoxious and loud. Uh, they tell you to be a pro, but also they fall in love with the guys that are louder in front of the cameras. It's confusing as hell. I don't know, but it's stupid. Yeah, we agree. We uh, we agree. Mm-hmm. We're part of the problem. We, yeah. uh, we, we are we are certainly a part of the problem because we will celebrate anybody that talks shit. Yeah. Like, we love this guy. Those who go about their business, so I feel like we show respect for, but not as much of a conversation piece. Of course not. And what you just said there about Jacksonville and New York, that's funny. Think about him in December or November <laughs> when awards are being talked about yeah. and some sorry ass running back from yep. New York. What's this guy got? Half the amount of yards I got? Come on. What the fuck? I, I don't know how many times that happened, <laughs> but for you to come up to an equation, basically, yeah. 700 yards in New York is equal to 1,200. Yeah. That mm-hmm. means you've had a couple moments where you're like, these motherfuckers. Okay. That <laughs> is... Yeah, that's that's true. I have. Yeah, we know. Uh, yeah, uh, that uh, was pretty apparent. And I won't say any names, but it's been a while. I've been retired now. 12 years, so yeah, those days are done, but I I still got, my mind is still working okay. Yeah. CTE hasn't taken over yet. <laughs> well, that's because you so two haven't run into each other on this. Uh, last question here for you from Boston Connor. Yeah, Fred, uh, just real quick, too, I'd like to, you know, kind of bring you up to speed. The New England Patriots actually now have the largest jumbotron in the entire oh, NFL. No. So, oh, no! So, oh. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to break the oh. But yeah, Miles Jack was out of bounds and the Patriots have the biggest board now. Sorry. No, uh, no, no, no. Uh, Hold on. Are you a Patriots fan? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where you get this information from? Uh-huh. I know they just got, the internet, they renovated Fred. the stuff, but... It's bigger by 10 feet. They didn't even... Listen. The Patriots. Jaguars is 360. The Patriots is 370. Oh! Suck it! Yeah, we need it. Hey, hey, hey. But you know... They cheated a lot back and they deflated balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be saying that. I played there. I shouldn't be talking crap. I played there. I love Bill. I love the organization. The craft. I had a great time in New England. Um, But check this out. I had to pay for my jury jerseys on checkout. So their cheap asses ain't no way they got bigger screens. Than that. <laughs> ain't no way. Yeah, it's it's true. And now they're making fifty five million dollars every single home game. So Sorry about it. Maybe that's what they spent all wow. that money on. Well, and thank you wow. for providing some funds for the jumbotron as well from yourself. <laughs> uh, but speaking of the pivot, and we all saw the recent episode of you guys, you know, talking to Terry McLaurin. A lot of news this week yeah. out of Washington, and a lot of it has to do with the offense and Eric Bieniemy. And apparently, there are some veteran players going to Ron Rivera saying, "Hey, Eric Bieniemy was cussing at me, and he's way too mean to be coaching this offense." Did you get any of those vibes when you know you talked to Terry, maybe after the show or while you were watching practice? So we talked to Terry and um, Eb, you know, before uh, before and after the show. Terry even said it. He loves the intensity. He loved that he has a coach who's 
you know, gone to several uh, AFC championships, who's won multiple Super Bowl rings. He loves the fact that he comes in with a different intensity and trying to change the culture there. Uh, and it's easier for them to buy in because this guy, <clears throat> EB, uh, Eric Benemy, he's won. So uh, I, I think the other players should just follow suit. You know, I don't know how true those things are that came out of camp, but I did hear those same uh, echoes. Um, but you would think that if a team hadn't been successful or hadn't reached the goals that we all set out for at the beginning of the year, you just fall in line. Yeah. You know, you get on the train, you know, you say, look, we haven't won, so maybe we need a, a, a massive change here. And uh, if that's his approach, that's his approach. You deal with it. You figure it out. Coach Coughlin, when I got to Jacksonville, we had three of days down there. And uh, we got out there and we won early. And nobody complained when you win. When you lose, everybody's uh, miserable. So um, win a few games. I think they'll buy in. And they won't mind the way his approach is. Um, I don't know. The, the media sometimes takes storylines and run no. and go way left with them. Um, and we are the media, yeah. but, um, yeah, we're part you know, those players, they just gotta, it's camp. You know, these guys can't be coddled. Uh, he, uh, EB is old school. You know, he ran the hell out of the ball at Colorado. You know, he's had success at Kansas city. So just fall in line, man, get the job done. And, 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 and let him lead, you follow. Fred, I think the cool conversation that kind of evolved from every person that's ever been in the NFL is like, oh, these dudes have no fear of losing their jobs. Right. <laughs> People that are just going to the head coach, like, oh, he's being mean to me. It's like, back in the day, seemingly, like, all right, yeah, you're, you want to hear mean? Yeah, you're off the fucking team. <laughs> yeah, right. How about that? Congratulations, you're a free agent. Like, I think that is the evolution right. of everything. Hopefully it'll work out for him because – Feels like there's a lot of positive energy around the commanders right now. Mm -hmm. Now we have no idea what the name's going to be going forward. New stadium, how's that going to be? But it's already off to a little bit of a rocky start here on the offense. But that's commanders football, baby. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes. Fred, we appreciate the hell out of you, brother. Continue to kill it. All right, pal. fellas. We're going to definitely keep grinding, man. Hey, salute you guys, man. If I can do anything, whatever we could do. You got it, brother. Much love to all y'all boys. You're the man, ladies and gentlemen, future Hall of Famer, Fred Taylor. Yeah! Joining us now is a man who I assume only owns Sean John hoodies. Sure. Yep. And Sean John sweats. Yep. A man who's had every single job in the NFL. He's been a general manager. He's been a consultant. He's been an author. He's been an email newsletter writer. He currently is. He hosts a podcast. He hosts a live show. What? He's a TED talker. Yep. Mm -hmm. Literally the brain behind football. Our Paisan friend of the program. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombardi. Yeah. Hello, Pat. Hey. How are things? Lombo, super yeah. duper Italian wedding, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. can't stress enough how fucking Italian this wedding was. Yeah. Both sides, incredibly Italian. It, it did reek of incredible food yeah, and cologne, culture. Yeah, cologne and marinara sauce and spaghetti. And, <laughs> I mean, and it was incredible. It was yeah, phenomenal. Loved it. Love it. You potato and headed. The, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. I loved it, I said. Yeah, I mean, the Irish are certainly going to say things whenever there's a chance for that. You know, old school show. This is an old school show. Tech Joe, this guy who didn't really know most of the people at the wedding, all Italian wedding here, shows up in sweats and a hoodie, you know. <laughs> And, like, I don't know if he knows a lot of Italian people or not, but there's a head turner. It was. That was quite, yeah, a, yeah. That was quite a head turner, Lombo. 
Yeah, you got to dress the part. I mean, you get you can't. I mean, look at the Sopranos. They went out to eat. The Vesuvio. They're all dressed up. I mean, they got to you know, push the cuffs, make sure they look good. You know, you can't show up in a sweatsuit. I mean, no. No, it There's wasn't a sweatsuit. Sweat- yeah. <laughs> no, they were not matching. No. This thing did not match this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. yeah, it was a whole. Yeah, it was tough. Anyways, uh, we need you back, Tech Joe. Need you back, Joe. Lombo, let's move into a conversation about football right now. What yeah. have you, What have you been stewing on all week? I think the big news for me. Me, as an Indianapolis Colt, I'll be enjoy- like excited to hear your take on this. Jonathan Taylor allegedly not in the building, getting rehab on an ankle outside of the building. If what's going on with his contract and everything else isn't happening, is he still going to get rehab outside of the building? What are your thoughts on that situation, and how do you see it kind of ending? And then we'll roll into everything else happening around the NFL. Well, I, I think it's a smart move for the Colts. Look, you're starting your program, Shane Steichen starting his program he doesn't need somebody who's upset, somebody who's in a bad mood, somebody whose personality is kind of very toxic and he's angry and bitter. So the best thing you can do is send him away. Look, there's three groups of people in every organization, right? Oh, yeah. There's people in group one. They'll do anything you want them to do. There are people in group two that are undecided. They're not sure. And then there's people in group three that you can never make happy. They're just malcontents. They're like they're happy being unhappy. So if you pay attention as a leader to the people in group three, then all the people in group two want to become unhappy. So that doesn't work. So what you have to do is focus only on the people who, you, who want to be there and send away the ones, ignore everybody else. And that's what the Colts did. They just said, okay, you go, if you want to mope, if you want to be unhappy, you go be unhappy on your own program, but you're not going to mess up our team. You're not going to bring us down. You're not going to gain other followers by you saying you're unhappy. I think it's the best play you could do. I don't think anything's going to happen. I think I think this is going to play out. I think the agent has failed to understand who he's negotiating with. Jim. Ooh. Well, yeah, with, we know with Jim, he has – and Jonathan Taylor obviously hired the new uh, his new agent, Malky, and he started all this. But how – okay, you say nothing's going to happen. So does Jonathan Taylor just come back in eventually, like close to week one? Like how does it all work? Well, the great George Allen, the Hall of Fame general manager of the Giants, used to say oh, football George. players play football, Right. You got to play football. I mean, nobody's going to pay you a huge contract next year. Nobody wants your problem next year if you don't come in and play. It's it's a performance based league, and that's what we all are a part of. That's the rules of engagement. We all know that you got to win to keep your job as a GM. You got to play good to keep your job as a player. You know, the only guys that have job security are the owners. That's it. Everybody else is predicated on winning. So, yeah, I, I don't see the sol- the solution is they're not going to pay them. He wants, what, 17, 15, 17 million a year. I don't think Uncle Jim's going to give him that. I think Uncle Jim's made it very clear. Just like Jerry Jones has told Zach Martin, I'm not paying you. I paid you once. I'm not paying you twice. I got to pay Makai Parsons. I got to pay Michael Parsons. I'm not going to do that. Hey, look at you. You just corrected yourself. That is a very I know. I got that one. I've been working on that, Pat. I've been. That's my summer project. Okay. You (laughs) you did a great job. Uh Because that is very standard Lombardi speak right there. Makai's son, Par, this guy, you know, you and you would normally just kind of roll right through it. No, I got it. I I know. I get that he wants to be Micah in it. I got it. I respect his game. Look, that's his name. That that guy deserves to get paid. Now, there's a guy got to get paid. You got to pay him. Yeah. Not everybody can eat. Not everybody gets to go through the buffet line. At the same restaurant and in the same team. Mm -hmm. I mean, usually they say if you win, there's enough to go around. And this has kind of been my take on the whole Jonathan Taylor thing. Like, he obviously came out in April or March, whatever it is, and said, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to play it out. I don't do that. He gets a new agent to AJ's point, and then it all kind of flips on its head. But, like, 
We didn't win. We were very, very bad football team last year. So as things are positively changing, seemingly, new quarterback, new culture, new head coach, a lot of accountability seemingly coming back into the building and everything's going well, like – to be upset about not getting paid coming off of that year, I just don't know if it's the best strategy publicly or business-wise. Publicly, right. he's, he's outside of Indianapolis. I think a lot of people have appreciation for what Jonathan Taylor's doing and everything like that. And we all hope everybody gets paid a lot of money. I hope everybody's a billionaire. I hope Jonathan Taylor gets $17 million. But in Indianapolis, I don't think there's a lot of like pity for Jonathan Taylor right nope. now. And I don't know if, if they're reading that right. Because like I think Jim Irsay very much cares like is he are are people on my side or are they on Jonathan Taylor's side right now and it's like Colts fans are like team was sucked he only had like six touchdowns last year missed six games like everybody in Colts fan base is like kind of like hey either get with it or get the fuck out Mm -hmm. and that happened pretty Mm -hmm. quick that happened yeah because Jonathan Taylor was beloved yeah here and that kind of all happened very quick can you get past it like let's say they figure out a way to get past this do you think it becomes good graces again or have they gone too far well you know i think i think they can make it up i mean as the great arnold rothstein said you know nothing says i'm sorry better than money so money always makes things better right but in this case i don't know if they're going to pay him money i think i think that agent has really destroyed this i mean in april of this year this kid was saying everything that a Colt fan wanted to hear I signed him. I put my name to the paper. I'm going to honor the contract. I'm going to do what I have to do. And yeah, I got to come in and play. And now all of a sudden this new agent who's on X, you know, who thinks he's negotiating with some pansy and Jim Irsay. I mean, do some homework. Like if you think you're going to beat Jim Irsay at this game, good luck. Yeah. Like that's the point. You, you got to understand this is not about having, you don't have any leverage. You have a signed contract. You know, you're not going to, they have no obligation to redo it. You signed a four year contract. That's it. Jim, Life goes on. Jim is not a flower. No, 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 no he's, he's not. He's not. He's not. It's like, like last year when Jesse Bates was saying he's going to take on Mike Brown. You know how long that line is of players who try to take on Mike Brown? <laughs> that line's longer than the Port Authority building. I can tell you that. Nobody's going to win that line. That's awesome to think about because you said the only people that have security are the owners. And Jim is like, yeah, I'm the oldest owner, too. Yeah. I've been around yeah. here the longest. Players come and go. If I die, nobody's going to care. The nope. NFL is going to move on. If Jonathan Taylor's not in the NFL anymore, nobody's going to care. Nope. Sorry about yeah. it. The NFL rolls on. I hope they're able to get back on good graces because our team would be better without him but I, or with him. But if we're without him, Kareem Hunt comes and then leaves without a deal, even though he was in New Orleans on the way to the building, allegedly, turn around, hop on a plane, fly to Indianapolis, doesn't get a deal done. What's that mean? And do you think they're – like to get him to turn around, seems like they told him we're very, very interested. Yeah. What could have happened, do you think? That makes me think he didn't pass the physical. That makes me think something was wrong medically. Because if they got him not to go in the building in New Orleans, they, they said, hey, look, we'll do a two-year deal at X amount. Here's the deal. Come up here, pass the physical. You got it. And then he disappeared. He may not be in shape. They may say, hey, come back in two weeks. You'll get this deal. But to me, it's more that they couldn't agree on a deal. It seems like there was something wrong medically. And that usually happens, whether it's, you know, an injury that they didn't know about. But once he went through it, if he got a physical there in Indianapolis and they got him to leave New Orleans, nobody leaves New Orleans on a hope or a prayer. You know, you hey, look, you know, I had we had my man Belichick got me on this one. So we had Rodney Harrison in our room in La- Oakland. We're going to sign Rodney Harrison. The contract's out. 
His agent, Steve Feldman, and him are on the phone, and it's out. All he needs to do is start with the letter R and end up with the letter N. And he's holding the pen, and the phone's ringing. And an hour later, he's trying to get us to give him more money, and the next thing you know, he signs with the Patriots. He literally was in the building going to sign it. So they're only leaving if they know they got something. They're not leaving something, right? So I think to me, there's something that happened in that physical. Okay. So that's a piece that I wouldn't have thought about. I just assumed that a deal might have fell apart. So that would make a lot more sense, seemingly. Excited to hear what did take place behind the scenes. Speaking of Bill Belichick getting you, he's gotten a lot of other people in tonight. His team makes their debut. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Lombo, what is Bill's and also your own take on the preseason? Do you think that it's too long, too many games? Do you think it's inevitable that there will be some games that kind of get pushed back just because of the possible 18th game coming to the NFL season? And in general, what does Belichick typically do in these games? I believe it was last year, the year before with Rule, where he's like, hey, I thought we were just playing base defenses and Rule is running all these exotic blitzes. But what's kind of his thoughts and your own thoughts around it? Well, I think you got to play the first game, you got to play the young players. You want to find out what young players can play when the lights come on. Okay. And then the second week, you got to, you know, they're going to go practice against Green Bay. Those practices against Green Bay will be the evaluation, the help for the veterans. But the one thing I think we've learned over the course of studying the NFL in 35 years, the preseason is not irrelevant. Individual stats are irrelevant. Win-losses are irrelevant. But what happens during this preseason is relevant. For example, last year, the New York football giants completed 105 passes in preseason in three games. It's really good execution, right? The year before with Joe Judge, they completed 55. All right. Uh, So what that tells us when you're looking at the Giants is their execution, their fundamentals are much better. Vic Fangio, when he was coaching the Denver Broncos, they had eight penalties in the three preseason games. Last year with Nathaniel Hackett, they had 23. Are we surprised they had a bunch of them during the regular season? Of course not. There it was right in front of us. So you can't get caught up in the individual numbers because you can't control. But what's problematic in the preseason could become problematic in the season or what's good in the preseason could become good. And I think you have to kind of really study that. That's what you have to kind of glean. You know, Washington couldn't turn the ball over during the regular season. Last preseason, they couldn't turn the ball over. There's rhythms to these games. Hold on, I didn't understand that last. You week. mean their defense couldn't force turn the ball over? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, force okay. turnovers. Yeah. Force turnovers. Right. They couldn't force turnovers, right? They couldn't force them. One okay. of the big problems with Washington's it's... defense, like Washington's defense, was really good on on third down, really good in the red zone. They should have won more than eight games. They couldn't force a turnover. That's why they had drafted Emmanuel Forbes. Mm. So, but my point is, what you see in preseason, you're gonna there could be a linger, a trend, if you will. Yeah, there's something you got to fit, and it's a good like the Giants. Like the Giants trend was really good. You know, they were really good in the preseason. So you got to look Baltimore. You could say whatever you want. Baltimore's trying to win preseason games. No, Baltimore's execution is really good in the preseason. They completed 80 passes last year. They, excuse me, they had an 80% completion percentage in preseason last year. They can execute. That's what you're looking for. That's what you want out of these games. It doesn't matter who's playing. You want your team to execute.
Yeah, so tonight you just talked about how first game, let's see if these young guys mm-hmm. can perform. Like, that makes sense whenever you say it out loud. It's like, let's see who needs to get out of our – who's wasting a spot Correct, pretty yeah. much in our yep. camp right now. Let's use that first one here. Then on the back end of that, we'll go do some practice against some other teams. So we'll be able to either continue to prove that these guys are NFL ready in practice and our vets will be in a much more yep. controlled area. Is it, That's what Bill's doing tonight because yep. allegedly all the starters not playing. And we thought right. with a new offense – offense you would want mac to at least yep. experience it a little bit but they'll get enough of that in green bay and then going forward for the next two games in tennessee too so what, what you want to be able to do is what people don't understand is football is a mathematical problem there's only so many reps that you get every day of practice and there's only so many reps players can get you guys as ex-players i need more reps i need more reps well who gets the reps who decides on who gets the reps it isn't like we're a jv you just put yourself in so how do you get reps? How do you earn more reps by your play? So tonight when they play, tonight in the game, Gonzalez will play corner. He's certainly the first-round pick. How many reps will he get? Does he earn more reps based on the reps he had? And then as a younger player, Douglas, the wide receiver, if he plays tonight, how many reps will he earn? And then the next week you can plan, okay, we need this guy to get more reps. We need this guy to be ready for us to play come September, and then you give them more reps. So it's all about math. It's all about how who performs, who earns the reps, and then who moves forward. It's funny that you bring that up because as you brought up the math, and obviously it's a much different situation because I'm just a punter, but like I know how many times I'm punting each week, right? And it's like, all right, I got like three punting practices this week. We got three weeks left. I only got nine practices until yep. – like the season starts and like you only have, I only have like four sessions before the season starts. Like sometimes I can really catch up on you. You know, it's like we only have like four padded practices left before the regular season. Like that type of stuff can really, you know, either motivate you, psych you out or give you an opportunity to take advantage of the time that you have. Excited to see what Houston does yeah. with it tonight. Yeah. A lot of young guys, yeah. a lot of young guys yeah, over I- there. I mean, it'll be, I'm, I'm excited to watch who they are on offense. C.J. Stroud never played, in, never played under center. And, you know, the Slovak, the new offensive coordinator of Houston, is, is a San Francisco disciple. So are they going to put C.J. under center? Is he going to be strictly in the shotgun? The other thing, A.J., you know this, C.J. Stroud spent his whole career looking at the sideline. He's never called a play. In a, he's never had to get the play in the huddle. Hey, make sure the left tackle, you got to squeeze down on this. you got to do that. There's a lot of stuff you got to communicate. So this is going to be a lot of information to process for him. Now, I'm sure the game will be real simple. It'll be a cover two, cover three kind of game. He should execute it. That's the other thing. Quarterbacks in the preseason with, should play well. They should. If they're protected. I mean, if they're not running for their life. Running for their life is normally what fucks that up, right? That's exactly right. Like last year. You know, who was the number one leading quarterback in the preseason last season? Matt. Ellinger. Oh. Ellinger. Yeah. He was by far the best. He was like 140. He had the best, highest rating of any quarterback. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, but that's deceiving because, again, individual numbers in the preseason are very deceiving, are, are not. What the team does is real. Yeah, you don't say. I mean, we didn't have yeah. that passer rating ever going forward no. for the rest of the year. It was a misery thing, but I'm pumped that there's football on tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. excited to see what C.J. Stroud does. Yeah, yeah. Too. I'm very I'm very pumped to see what D'Amico Ryan's culture looks like on the sideline, yes. too. There is some things you can kind of pull from it, although we can't wait for how many days? 28 days. Until actual football comes around. Pac-Man oh, yeah. has something for you, Lumbo. Lumbo. Yes, sir. Lumbo, 28 days. When is Davin Cook going to sign a contract? It's getting really close. Like, like how long is it going to take him to learn the offense? We're going to be playing the game in 28 days. Is it, is it going to be this week? Is, it gonna be, is he going to sign one? 
Who's that? I didn't hear who you said. Dalvin. Dalvin. Cook. Da- well, I think Dalvin. I think Dalvin and Zeke are going to sign with two weeks to go. I think both know where they're going to go. I think both don't want to play yet until the camp gets over. Uh, you know, the one thing is, if he's wherever he signs, the Minnesota offense. I'm pretty sure that terminology would carry over to the Jets. Certainly would carry over to the 49er down in Miami because it's similar with uh, with Kevin O'Connell ran in Minnesota. So I don't think he'll have a hard time. Same thing with Zeke. I think Zeke will be able to figure it out pretty quickly even though if he signs in New England. I, I think these guys would rather preserve their body than to get in a camp like what's happened in Seattle. Seattle's got four running backs hurt. You know, as a general manager, if a running back held out, I wasn't really that upset because you can get somebody else reps and I have to worry about you getting hurt. So let's talk about another place without a Bosa still not signed in San Francisco. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan came out and said, Bosa's never done a training camp, not worried about anything. We are told Shanahan runs that place. So whenever Shanahan's saying, like, it's going to get worked out, it's going to get worked out, we just assume it will. How long do you want that guy out of the building, though? Because isn't it good for some players to see a human like Bosa, yeah. how he operates how he handles himself off the field, in the locker room, in the training room? Or does that not matter anywhere near as much as I'm putting kind of the weight on it? Because I'm like, get that, get a deal done. Get him back in the building. Like, this is a guy. Yeah, they're going yeah. to get one done. I think with two, I think after the second preseason game, you'll see him back in. That gives him one preseason. He's not going to play. That gives him the preseason game and the week before. That gives him two weeks. I think that's the target. You need two weeks to get yourself in shape. And Bosa will be in great shape. I don't think that. I don't think there are any doubt about that. And look, the guy had 49 quarterback hits last year. I mean, who does that? I mean, he beat he beat everybody by a ton. I mean, I think the next closest guy was 29. I mean, so it's remarkable what this guy does. They have to get him signed. And look, they have a quarterback who they drafted in the seventh round, so they're not putting money in a quarterback. They got the money to pay for him. Oh, didn't even think about that because, I mean, Connor's going to ask about it. Trey Lance's situation is wild. Go ahead, AJ. It's unbelievable. Long- Lomba, what do you make of all the noise in Dallas and what's going on with Dak and the interceptions and defense and talking? Are, are you worried about their offense? Bitch, I believe. I believe. You know, it's hard for me mm-hmm. to tell until I see it on bit. the tape. Yeah. You know, I, I, I never know when, you know, you get those Twitter clips, a guy getting beat one-on-one, you know, you don't, you know, a guy's got nine seconds to throw the ball. I, I never can tell. I'd rather watch it in the game. You know, I think Dak's got to show that he's smarter with the football and not take chances. Look, if you're the if you're the quarterback of the Cowboys and you've got that defense and you don't turn the ball over, why did Pittsburgh turn their season around? They only had two turnovers in the second half of the season mm-hmm. because they played smart. And when you play smart as an offense and your defense is good, Pittsburgh's defense the last half of the season gave up about 16 points per game. So when you're smart, play smart, you don't put your defense out there in a bad advantage – that could help, and I think McCarthy's got to convey that, and I think Dax understands that. He's too smart not to. You know, one thing in practice, guys take chances. That's why they call it practice, because you want to take chances. You want to make mistakes. Look, the best way to learn as any human being is to make mistakes. So when everybody's bitching about bad practices, the coaches are loving bad practices because we can correct it. Look at the Jets. They got their asses kicked down in Carolina, the offensive front. We all know their offensive line's in trouble, right? And so they were, you know, they need this. They need a dose of reality on them to say, hey, we got to get better. Yeah. You need that. You, you can't trouble? have this in Hollywood. How much trouble, yeah. Hollywood hey, that, that's a big conversation this morning. Greeny, what, what did Greeny say? He said, I want A.J. Hawk living in my house. Yep. I want Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. moving in as well. And we need Bakhtiari yep. as a New York Jet on yeah. the offensive line. I think that's what he, A.J., did you hear that the same way I did? 
I did. I heard that. Very similar, yes. Yeah, are they in trouble? Or that's a real problem. Yeah, they're in deep trouble. I mean, look, Dwayne Brown's on PUP. They started Mac Mitchell in the preseason game. He's not quite ready to be the right tackle. Becton took himself out after seven plays. And in fairness to Becton, when you watch the tape, he couldn't push off his leg. Like, he's got a knee injury that's been operated on twice. He's cleared to play. But as you guys know, being cleared to play and playing well are two different things. So they got to fix that line. What is Aaron Rodgers is most what, – what is his kryptonite? His kryptonite is rush, right? Tampa, the second half of the Tampa game, playing at home in Green Bay. That rush affected their offense. San Francisco game in the divisional ground. That defensive front affected their offense. You know, if, if he's going to have the year he's capable of having, that offensive line's got to play way better than it did last year. Man, what a thing that would be to watch Jets fans be like, of course, we get a quarterback, we got all this, and uh, can't keep him alive. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. He's in great shape. Aaron's a, is that why he's in such good shape? He knows. Oh. He's probably going to have to take a little bit of a beating. Yeah, probably. He saw AAA and was like, I need to look like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> They don't have uh, they don't have uh, they don't have an offensive line. Are you able to figure that out? And there's some like like some offensive. For instance, we talked about Cincinnati. It took them like eight weeks last year for their offensive line to figure it out. Now they spent money on that offensive line, but they were able yeah. to figure it out. There's some offensive lines where there's not a lot of money, but somehow they're able to find it. Or uh, D- Damian Woody was on here earlier. He said a guy named like Morgan Moses. I, th- I think Moses yeah. Yeah. was an offensive lineman that got cut from somewhere at the end of training camp, came into the Jets, played very well, made their team. Now he just signed a deal uh, because he got good. Are those guys, can you find that this late? Or is that a personnel issue? No. What do you think? It's hard to find. I mean, Morgan Moses, I think he got cut by Washington and he went up there. Or maybe it was, uh, you know, I think it was Washington. But, you know, the guys that have experience, sometimes guys are hurt. They're not playing to the level. It's hard to find offensive linemen this late in the season. You know, you got to count on some of the rookies. Like tonight, New England will play three rookies in their offensive line, all of them drafted in the fourth round. We'll see if they can play well. I mean, that's going to be the key. You've got to find them guys in later rounds. For the Jets, they have to find a way to make it happen. I mean, Dwayne Brown's on PUP at age 38 years old. When's he, he stay healthy at left tackle? When's he back? That's hard. PUP is what, three weeks? Physical, well, no. PUP doesn't become actual PUP until the season begins. So right now, he's physically unable to perform. Once the we, once before the week of the first game, they either have to put him on PUP, they have to take him off PUP, or they keep him on PUP and he misses six weeks. Yeah. So what's the IR rule? Is that three weeks? Yeah. I, well, IR rule is different. I, I I don't know what they did with COVID, but once you go on IR, you have to stay on IR. For, I thought it was four weeks and then you could come back. They have to bring you back off of that IR list. But we the like COVID that. rules. I, I yeah, like I mean, that. That, that used to be the big – that was the way we used to run the league back early in the day when you could put guys on IR – you could kind of stash young players on IR. That's what the Washington football team did with Joe Gibbs for years. That's how they got so many good players. Whoa. Whoa, hey, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what you just did right there, mm-hmm. but you talking historic Washington football teams. We thought for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I've kind of – I, you know, I grew up a Washington football team fan when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. and so – I'm used to saying that, but I've kind of been able to work around that. I've gotten that in my brain now. I think I've kind of moved along there. They're but changing the name is, again. Yeah. yeah. They're going back. Are they? Uh, I don't know. There's already been a bunch <laughs> of problems. I, I think they got to change whatever they're doing. I, I think they got to divest themselves of Daniel Snyder. I really do. Completely. Mm-hmm. This guy never was so, here. 
Change. Never was here. Something happened. Uh, we apologize for the blur that was like 17 years or however long. <laughs> that guy was the owner. Tone has a question for you, Lombo. Yeah, Lombo, I've uh, started going through a lot of the win totals for the season. Do you have a favorite win total that you've gone through so far for the upcoming season? I love Pittsburgh over eight and a half. I think Pittsburgh is really good. I think they're not they're not sexy, right? Oh my god! You know, Max Canada gets a lot of shit because they don't have this. Oh, we're going to go empty all that. They they kind of play old school football, but they didn't turn the ball over the last nine games defensively. I think Patrick Peterson played really well last year. I think he's going to help them. I, I think Tomlin knows how to win football games. I know it's a hard division. I get that. I also like the Brownies. I think if the Brownies have no excuses left, right? I mean, if Watson plays to the level he's capable of playing that we saw two years ago, this team is really good. Last year, they gave up 4.7 yards per rush, all right? Well, one thing about Jim Schwartz and his defense, they don't, they're not, you're not going to be able to run the ball on that front. He's really good at taking away the run. He's really good at making the opponent play left-handed. I think they're going to be better. The other team that I like, I, I like Green Bay on the over seven and a half because I think Green Bay is really good defensively. The last five games of the year, they gave up 17 points. They held Detroit to 34 points in two games. Now, look, they got to play better off. They can't turn the ball over. They got to be good offensively. I don't know how good Jordan Love will be, but seven and a half wins. I mean, I think we're getting carried away with Detroit. I think Detroit's a good team. I don't think Detroit's moved to elite level, especially defensively. And I don't know how good Minnesota is. And Chicago, look, if Chicago can get the seven wins, that's a great year. Here we go. Hey, we're going to try to stay away from Chicago because how worked up they get on every word that you say. No, I'm good on that. I'm good. I mean, Boston tried to get me the last. Connor tried to get me the last time, but you know, it's all good. good. Yeah, it just it kind of happens the way it does. There's seven and a half, and what are the Steelers? Eight, eight and, and, half? and a half. Eight and a half. Packers were my favorite. Steelers have a lot of action on them at eight and a half. You know, that's a big popular one uh, because you know, look, everybody thinks that you know that because of the division they play in. I, look, the Steelers went into Carolina and kicked the crap out of Carolina. The next week, Carolina kicked the crap out of Detroit. So I, I'm not. All I'm saying is. Mm-hmm. Though the Pittsburgh's a hard team to play. You better buckle up, and if their offensive line's improved, we'll see this preseason, but I think they're really good. Well, the Colts beat the Chiefs. Chiefs beat everybody yeah. else. Yeah, so, yeah, six, so the Colts should be the champion. That's right. That's six how it and a half, goes, right? Six and a half, though. See, that feels like an over. Huh? Easy. The Colts? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to depend upon their – I mean, they should be over six and a half. There. They like their defense. Should. Right? They, they like, like their the, defense. They like their defense. What? Let's let's start doing a we talk, okay? The they talk, okay? That doesn't <laughs> that doesn't need to be how the pronouns are used for the Colts whenever you're talking about good things. Whenever I hear you say, they really like their defense, mm-hmm. they're really – I'm not in love with their defense. I don't love that Gus Bradley style of defense. I think the the Seattle three has, has worn its welcome out. I think D'Amico Ryan's – change what they did in San Francisco away from Seattle three. I think Gus is good at that, but you know, you've got to be able to make adjustments. They didn't do it in the Minnesota game. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a team. It depends on Richardson, right? What are we going to do? I mean, how good is Richardson and can he play yeah. right away? You know, and if he can play right away and run around and run that six back offense, they're going to be able to win. I mean, look, that that South isn't exactly, you know, the, the fearsome foursome down there. Right. <laughs> All right. Listen, Jags got the second largest jumbotron sure. in the world, Craig. Yep. Loser. In the absolute <laughs> world. Yeah. Houston Texans, oh, full new energy. Yeah. Is Derrick Henry still down in Nashville? Yeah, is yeah. D Hop yep. there too? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, nobody wants to see the AFC South. And, and whenever you you say if 
he can play early. Jim Mercy came on the show and said, it don't matter if he can, brother. Yeah. He he is pretty. He's going to play. Yeah. Well, you can't go from you can't go from Gardner Minshew to Richard. Like they're two different things. You're you know you got to run the six back offense. See, I think the thing that's misconstrued a little bit is Philly's offense is this a complicated scheme. It's not. Philly runs about seven or eight pass concepts, and their run game is really good. Their execution in Philadelphia is what makes the difference. And Hertz was good. So when you have a scheme that look. The, the great Dan Henning, who former coach of the Washington football team, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, said this, and he's right. If you don't have any tendencies, you can't be any good, right? And so you got to know what we're going to do, and we'll do it, right? What's that old Bo Schembecker line? Hey, we're going to snap it on one and see if you can stop us, right? That's what great teams do. How do you determine great teams in the NFL? I'll tell you how you determine them. Great teams can throw the ball when they need to throw it. They can run it when they need to run it. They can stop the run when they have to stop it, and they can stop the pass. That's great teams. Yeah, hell yeah. It's football, baby. And tendencies mean you have an identity, Mm -hmm. which every team is seeking. You know, Speaking of identities, there's one in San Francisco that's very real. And I mentioned that Connor had a question about this a little bit ago. It was actually Ty that brought this up. What an interesting, fascinating career happening right in front of our eyes right now in San Francisco. Go ahead, Ty. Yeah, Lombo, I know you mentioned that, like, Stats don't really matter in the preseason, but when you look at a guy like Trey Lanch, I, I know you said on the GM shuffle earlier this week that like one day, you know, the beat reporters or people at practice are saying he looked incredible and the best he ever did, and then the next day he's, you know, he he absolutely sucks. He's the worst player in the NFL. What's going to happen with him? Like if he if they go into the season and he's the third string quarterback on their depth chart, like what what happens to Trey Lance? Is anyone going to want him? Or are they just going to hold on to him like what does his future look like I mean I think that's really hard I mean they want him to play well this preseason but everybody knows you know preseason you know can be very misleading you can play good in the preseason and not play good when the the game becomes much faster look I think Sam Darnold is going to be the backup and I think Trey Lance is going to be the third string quarterback and I think it's going to be hard the kid the poor kid has not played and he didn't play his senior year in college and he hasn't really played the last two years I mean, when they played in Houston in that preseason game, when he didn't play well, that's when Kyle brought Jimmy back. And I think that the Trey Lance thing has gone through its course, and now it's Brock Purdy's team, and that's the way it's going to be. I I think he's going to need to go somewhere where some coach, and this is really important, where a coach really believes in him, who's going to take time and work with him and develop him, because I think he's a little bit away. I watch some of those Twitter clips, and I see his mechanics, and I see his fundamentals, you know, I saw John Lynch said he's getting better, but John Lynch has to say he's getting better. I, I want to watch it before I believe it. Yeah, it's fascinating because yeah. that could be another career that just ends up being like yeah. a nothing. Like, Who knows? Like, Never really getting a shot. Either. Which is crazy. Like, did they trade the future of the franchise a way to get up to three in this mm-hmm. monumental move for seemingly nothing? In the end, I would like to hear Trey Lance's take on it too, if it ends up happening that way. But we just assume he's going to find it. He's going to find a home. Yeah, He's going to find an opportunity. He's going to do his thing. Let's talk about the guy that had the opportunity there in San Francisco and then was working out on another field, and then he's back (laughs) in the the thing. Now he's at the Raiders. Obviously, we know you have a connection there. There was a thought with the foot injury about a physical and a contract payment, like they don't have a quarterback. He's there all the way back. We haven't heard a lot of great things at a Raiders camp. What are you hearing, and how is Jimmy G adapting back into the McDaniels offense? Well, I think it's going to take him some time. I think he's getting better. I mean, look, he's going to make mistakes. Jimmy was never – even when New England, when we first drafted Jimmy, I can remember the first 
couple of weeks before we played Washington in, in a we had practice against Washington and Richmond and then we played them in a game and, and Jimmy before we got to Richmond he wasn't really like oh my god this guy's going to be really good and then we got to Richmond in competition against opponents he looked good then in the preseason game you could see he was coming along and, and so I think Jimmy's a guy that when the games when he's going against somebody else I think he understands it I think he'll play pretty well I think the Raiders believe their defense is better uh, they really feel like they've improved that area, and their skill players are improved. I mean, they got Jacoby Myers in there. They say Hunter Renfro's back to the Hunter Renfro that he was a year ago. They'll get Josh Jacobs back in camp. I don't think that's any doubt about that. He'll come in. I mean, I think both sides will get that done. So, look, they're in a tough division. Garoppolo's got to play. Last year, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. More than anything, Garoppolo's got to stay healthy. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I love the Raiders think that they're defense. I love yeah. the way you uh-huh. – yeah, I'm not so sure yet. I'm going to have to see it. I'm, I'm going to have to see it, but this is what they're saying. We appreciate the help. Did we miss anything? Did we miss anything that you uh, have any good feelings about? No, it? I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for all of them. I just would urge everybody, to, if you're going to bet games – in the pre, I would study the stat sheet, not the player sheet, because I think we can learn a lot about these teams in this preseason about who's going to be good, especially in the opener. All right. And you also said, like, it does matter how teams play at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it does. Everybody talks about I mean, like, year, the Giants. Example, I'll give you another one. Jacksonville led the led the preseason in yards throwing. Now, they played one extra game, but they actually were, they were throwing the football effectively last year. Like, you got to take that and use that information. Remember, we're in the information business, right? When you're watching football, you're trying to collect data on all these teams. So you're in that information business. You need to know. Like, I can't wait to – I know all the conflict with Washington this week, but I want to see what Washington's offense looks like. I don't care what they do in terms of – I want to see what their execution's like. Man, could you imagine they got – Delay of games, people oh. not on the field. I mean, if it's a clusterfuck, you can know. Oh, it's bad. Like special teams, it's- normally a problem. Guys forget that they're on – there's delay of games because there's only nine guys on the field, ten guys on the field. Mm-hmm. You'll see somebody sprinting onto a field goal block late yep. onto the field. Like coaches hate that. Like can we look <laughs> professional? Like that is yeah. – let's just look like we're a professional football outfit at least a little bit. That's preseason football, baby. I can't wait for it. Especially since we practiced it the day before. How many times did you have call-out dates? Oh, yeah. Okay, first team punt. Here they go. They're out there. Okay, 52's hurt. Who's in? And then we still screw it up, you know? And it's an embarrassing thing whenever the cameras are going like this. Mm -hmm. And And you see the light guy running on the field. Yeah, that (laughs) that guy's not happy about running on the field. No. Ah, fuck. All 32 teams are watching me not pay attention to the sheet, to Mm -hmm. the card. Here we go. Uh, Did I just lose my job because of this? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a chance. Anyways, we appreciate the hell out of you, Lombard. All right, guys. You're the best. I'll look forward to it. All Thanks, right. guys. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Lombard. Yeah. He's good at what he does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Forgot about yeah. special teams. Yeah. Like that, especially for tonight. I'm excited to see what you think about the rookie punter and kicker. He's got how many yeah. punts oh, yeah. it will be tonight. So tonight, rookie punter. Yep. Yep. And I assume there's going to be rookie returners all over the place. Yeah. yeah. For New England, it's all rookies at all specialist positions. Who's punter for the Texans? Is that Cam? Bill Com- Burr guy. Yeah. Is that yeah. Com- yeah. Com- yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. He hits big balls. It's early. Hey, they're not They're not fair catching anything in the preseason, are they? Nah. Hopefully not. Yeah, you're not supposed to. I mean, to. especially young guys definitely should not. Like, no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Catch it and go? Yeah, but I mean, if somebody hits you a hanger... You know, they can't kill you anymore. Like the rules are set up. Like I mean, you can get blasted for sure, but not like you used to. Well, you learn about whether or not guys can do it. I think in the preseason. Yeah. You know, first mentally because that ball is yeah. going to be way higher tonight than it was in any college game that ever you've ever yep. played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your head's going to be a f- 
one of these. Right. Yeah. It's gonna be a night game too. It's gonna yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna feel a little bit different fielding those punts. So there's a couple yeah. returners, you know, I would like see on film with Tom McMahon. It's like, hey, as soon as that guy's jaw goes like this, it's a fair catch immediately. So it was like, all right, we're going into the game. We're just trying to hit this fucker high. So we know this guy will not return a single ball if he goes like this. And, like, there's a couple guys that you scout and do that. You're like, I don't know how this guy's in the NFL returning, but he is. Yeah. So let's yeah. go ahead and take advantage of it. That's, like, a good time for a special teams coach to see if a guy's got it or not. Never do that. Because there's – yeah, you were the worst. Yeah. Not fair catching. Yeah, you're just, like – Period. Awesome. You're just, like, actively ruining lives, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of good – a lot of guys got good jobs because of he's enriching lives. Oh, yeah. He's enriching all those guys that are on that on that return team with yeah. him the rest of the whole squad. Yeah, I was a little negative, I guess, because I was coming from the other side. There. <laughs> yeah. I just saw everybody that you made miserable. You mm-hmm. You're talking about well, you didn't see the guys that are driving around in real nice cars because we're putting out of bounds. Out. Telling people you don't that. want him return it. You don't want him return it. Putting out of bounds or hang it up like you do, Pat. Yeah, well, that's what I started doing. Yeah, that wasn't as good as putting it out of bounds. I didn't want to risk a 25 yard net. <laughs> just putting out of bounds. Okay, who's blocking the Fucking six foot seven guy. Yeah. You're running, coming off the edge. Ray Guy used to do it. It's like, oh yeah, go check the forty times. Yeah, yeah. Back was, go see what the first ten yards was. Nowadays, guys making teams, paying for houses, yeah. paying for their family by blocking punts. Punts you go down, by the way. Okay, so if we see anybody close, blocking a punt, you go to the ball. Blo- yep. Blocking a field goal, you go up. The sky. You will see in these preseason games, somebody will come clean on a punt. And they'll go like this, yep. and the ball yep. will get punt right around them. And then the special teams coach will be like, you had a chance yep. to have a job. Yeah. yeah. And you put your hands up. You worked that drill from, like, third grade on. Like, take it off his foot. Yep. Take it off his foot. Straight so down. You practice that. Straight down. But a lot of these guys haven't played special teams since, like, third grade. Mm. You know, because yeah. they're the True. best players yeah. on the football yeah. team. And then so, you're dead tired, too, running around a preseason game, have no idea. Oh, I got to run down a kickoff now? Like, yeah, you're struggling. Yeah, make a wall, too. We need a nice 80-yard mm-hmm. little C <laughs> sprint. Big block here. get down there. And then there's those guys tapping out, and they look at the sideline like, yeah. we don't have anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Dudes have their tape off, helmets, hats on, eating seeds, yeah. Come on, I, I need somebody. Yeah. We don't got There's nobody. Nope. You still out there, buddy? Who are you talking to? Are you talking to? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't even know where my helmet is. <laughs> You got another 60 plays, pal. <laughs> Good right. luck. Guys puking all over fields, preseason football yeah, games. Preseason, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bad part, they tell you, hey, look, we have nobody else to put in for you, so you're going to have to suck it up. And knock it hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't pull anything. Yeah. There's no tapping out here. We also need you on special teams. Yep. Don't fuck up either, because if you do, see you. We'll probably cut you. Yep. Good luck out there, yeah. boys. Yeah, you're home. This. You That's you. tonight. Have fun, enjoy. You get to do this. That's right. Bingo. You get to do this. People would dream of having the job that you're having. And then you got a middle linebacker who's on his 65th play and has played every down of special teams. He's like, I I think I'm good playing (laughs) XFL. This is (laughs) a little bit. Maybe sell some insurance. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is for me or whatever. And it's like, your life is worse than anybody else's in the NFL right now. But you're getting your opportunity. Don't you ever forget it. Take advantage. And if you think that you're not going to make the team, make sure you buy your jersey. So you remember it? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say fake an injury. No. Yeah, so you get an injury settlement. If you could do that, too. Uh, <laughs> run your knee into something yep. that really yep. well or it's got to be something that they can't really figure out like well i don't want to give any ideas but yeah different guys have tried different things of where hey they can't really prove how hurt i am here so let's get six or seven weeks out of this what are right. some ideas yeah but yeah. just one thing. i mean the head head injury is always a thing they can't really gauge that 
Yeah. Hammy. Ham screen. Terry so Hammy. Terry Hammy Collins. for sure. Terry Collins came to the Indianapolis Colts out of a deer stand whenever Peyton Manning uh, had his spine oh, yeah. realigned and redid and re-put back together out of nowhere. None of us knew that. Kerry Collins, very retired, but had connections to Bill Polian whenever they were at Carolina together. So he comes in fresh out of a retirement vacation. Mm -hmm. He was really cool. Enjoyed talking to him. I don't know if he's made the best decision in every situation through his entire life, but whenever he got to the Colts, felt like he understood the assignment situation, and then J.J. Watt picked him up, dumped him on his head, mm. and uh, <laughs> he never set foot back on a football field. You know, it was like four or five weeks later. We have not won a game, obviously. Life is miserable. And it's like, are you coming back? He's like, bah, still, yeah, my yeah, sorry. still a little equilibrium. It's like, don't blame me, pal. Smart man. Do not <laughs> yeah. blame me. You need to get back to that deer stand. I get it. Take the full check. You deserved it. But the injury settlements, <laughs> you know, that thing is a real – that's a real thing in training yeah, like camp. For guys – yeah, for yeah. people – say you're the you're the 75th guy on the roster and you, you have a pretty good idea, hey, I am not going to make it. You'll see some of those guys go down like fourth quarter of the last yeah. preseason game because they can negotiate with their agent. Then, hey, okay, this is an eight-week injury. The, league, the team says, no, nah, it's a two-week. Okay, pay me for five weeks. And then, bang, you get that check right up front, and you're a free agent, potentially go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, and was it the Eagles' worst? And this, granted, this wasn't like a preseason guy, but some guy from the Eagles, I believe, this offseason got like $40 million in an injury settlement. What? Ooh. Yeah. No, this is a different settlement I'm talking about. Yeah. No, no, I know. I'm saying it wasn't a preseason. That's guy. from back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. It was from that was the years returner? ago. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was a returner. Who, from the team? Yeah, some, it was some sort of. Um, Malcontent, I believe. Yeah, and I, I don't know how the, like the payouts work if it's team or NFL, but it was like a very serious injury. He kept playing, and then his career was over. Because yeah, I forget it wow. was big though. But that he's talking about a transaction. Yeah, just yeah. For, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, either I get cut and I get nothing. I'm done, or I can get a couple game checks. Yeah, and then go sell insurance. Like the 60th. Yeah. Did you do that in Atlanta? Yeah, is that what you yeah, did? No, it was during the season. No, <laughs> I heard you and Pat Anger did the same thing down in Atlanta. You guys just decided to do the same. Did Pat thing. Anger do that? He played in Atlanta, and then that was, I think, training camp. He did not. I don't think he he would never accept an injury settlement. I don't think Pat mm. Anger. I'm not injured. So. Absolutely, nope. Uh, you have uh, five <laughs> fractures in both of your feet. Doesn't matter. So, so uh, yeah, that's that's what a Tuesday is. Part mm -hmm. of the game. Let's go. That guy was a maniac, bro. Did you know Pat? He's awesome. Uh, not personally, but I've been a fan from afar. You two would be very, very, very close. Mm -hmm. You two would be great <laughs> friends. You two would get along. <laughs> I had a couple guys that came from Iowa that, that were young on like the Packers. Like, man, you know Pat, you, you and Pat would be. you get along great. Very, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah his locker, I've heard that from a few people. Yeah, his locker was right next to mine. We got along very well. I enjoyed the shit out of Pat <laughs> And he was a Where's dog on the football field. Led the NFL in tackles one yeah. year with a broken foot. Like, people forget about that. Then he had a knee injury that kind of popped up, and I think his foot, again. Is he from Iowa? Yeah. Where's he from? Bettendorf. Where's that? Uh, like, near the Illinois border. He, I mean, just while he was at Iowa, obviously a legend, but he graduated. He was your age, so he's the same age as my older brother, and Bettendorf won the state championship his senior year, and he played in the state championship, I think, with, like, four or five broken vertebrae and had like 19 tackles and like just a fucking legend through and through all out, uh, all throughout Iowa. He's got this American flag tattoo mm -hmm. down his arm. You know what I mean? Like just the most classic Iowan. Yeah. Beast. Who just would go on to do his thing. Ends every text message to me. Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> legend. I'll get a message out of nowhere like, hey, keep doing the Lord's work out there. Love watching you. Uh, I think one of them was like, 
I'm so thankful that I'll be able to tell my kids someday that I was able to shower naked with Pat McAfee. Mm -hmm. Kid Rock, Kid Rock. <laughs> kid, kid Rock. Just out of nowhere. Haven't heard from him in seven months, and mm -hmm. then I just wake up to that text message, and I start, like, dialing. Happy to hear you still got your fastball, Pat. Oh, yeah. Hope everything's good, yeah. you know, living his life. He had a lot of... Um, Concussion. Did he? A lot of concussions, yeah. Because his head, not necessarily... He threw, the, he threw that thing around. I, I could see how that would happen. Yeah, but his head, I don't think, is like a full shovel. Like yeah, a lot of sure. people. Yeah. He had a, like a, a standard head sure. that I think he was just, you know what I mean, ready to do whatever. Tossing. I don't want to tell the story for him, but he came into work one morning and said something to me that was very alarming. And it's like... Like he didn't know his own name or what? Or no, like, he had no idea, I think, how many concussions he has potentially had. It, I think he said, if that's what a concussion is. Oh, boy. <laughs> I think that was his exact line. And I'm like, what? It's true. Though. That was always my thing. Like, what, what makes something a concussion compared to, oh, he just got dinged a little bit. Like, what, where, what crosses the line? Bro, him coming out of that meeting, I don't know who he met with, coming into the locker room and just sitting down and, like, head shaking. I'm like, what is wrong? I think I just learned what a concussion was. And if that's what a concussion is, <clears throat> buddy, we got to start working on my brain. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, it was like the most beautiful Pat Anger thing of all time. And then obviously he was in the game yep. three days later. Of right. course. Just right. Bearing right. people. 15 tackles. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Old school. Hey, old school there, Pat Anger. Nice. Fuck. I like their shoes too. Yeah. I got them nice. on Amazon. I laced them. It's school. hard. I can't find like well, I just like, I like high tops, and it's hard to get decent high tops. I like. So I was never really a big high top guy because my calves. You know what I mean? My calves are pretty large, but I've gotten into it now that I've started wearing more pants. Mm -hmm. you know, I used to wear shorts yeah, everywhere. You can't wear with shorts. Sure. These ones got them on Amazon. AJ, this is from uh, Stadium Goods, I believe. I like it. Very I nice. like that you're using Amazon now. Only for shoes, and it's because I can't go anywhere to do anything. And any, I have no time in my life ever. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's why Jeff Bezos is there trying to. Yep. He wants Thank he wants to Bezos. have what Elon's trying to build. X, yeah. one stop shop for everything. Will they ever get there? That's why Amazon has pharmacy. They have everything now. The pharmacy is actually yeah. really nice. Yeah, really? isn't that kind of alarming? Right, we're able to get some. We well, talked man. about this before. And in we got to have prescriptions though, right? Obviously, yeah. your yeah, doctor yeah, just goes sends it through yeah. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like those pharmacists are never writing. No, they're all just upstanding. They're, you know, they're not over-prescribing anybody, and if you're just getting it off without having you guys know for them that are doing this because I like their names. Is that still oh. happening? Oh yeah, it will happen forever. They're, aren't they cracking? I mean, as far as like opiates, though, aren't they super strict on all of that? I guess like the pharmacist might have dipped out of that game, but like the amount of fentanyl now that's getting dropped yeah, in that the street coming. pills that yeah. are coming, it's like. Why? Okay, so why would the whoever is making the drugs or manufacturing? Why would they put the fentanyl in? It it kills. It'll kill your clients. They why do you care. do that? They so, don't. There's so always they, they want more clients. They want more clients. No, they, they want, want to move them. product. That's all they want to do. Yeah. So I think fentanyl is just taking up space in the products. So they don't have to give up as much. I've had a lot of friends, and and by a lot, probably there's other people that have had, but I've had numerous friends throughout my life now at every single era uh, lose their lives because of pills yeah. and everything like that yeah. in, in oh, yeah. one way or the other that's a disgusting thing that got started and just you watch some of these documentaries about what the government was saying about some of these pills mm -hmm. dope sick. yeah bingo you watch dope mm -hmm. sick and it all takes place so it does scare me a little bit that people were able to like get more pills without having to go and it scares me how fast people get hooked like it so scares good. me for my kids i'm like man don't ever take anything like 
don't don't mess with it because you can get hooked in a couple of days. I feel like yeah, and there's some people that get hooked in an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and the yeah. kids thing's crazy is because like kids who are like ten and eleven who might not be able to sit still, they're just giving them Adderall or like some form of that. And if you're starting that young, it's very easy to become reliant on chasing the drag on those things. Yeah, and then one thing leads to another. It's just. It's, it's ignorance, really. Well, let's just be safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there if you're you a kid out there, like, just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some things that I think you should try. Okay? I've thought about this with Mackenzie because mm-hmm. I've obviously said yes to a lot of requests. <laughs> hey, do you want to go do this? Yeah. Why not? Let me go experience this. But there's some things that you got to have on there. It's like, can't do this. Won't do Can't this. do this. There's a line. Won't do this. Yeah. The things where you try it once and it could kill you. Definitely. Okay. We right. don't. Take those off. Those are non-starters. Yeah, those don't even exist. Like, they do, but they sh- that shouldn't even be something. But there's a lot of people, and every one of my friends that have got hooked, you know, like, I think they've reached a point in their life where they feel like they don't really have anything else. So they don't have a lot of things to, like, sway them away mm-hmm. from trying this thing that is certainly going to probably kill them. Mm-hmm, and they right. just get in, and it's gone, and it's over. And it's like, damn. And then they get clean. Some guys, I've... Ugh. It's a problem. I hope we fix it. We won't be the ones. Smart people. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. But smart people, you're also the ones fucking people mm-hmm. at one point. So we'll figure it out. Hey, figure it out. Figure it out. Need you to figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's scary, bro. It like, is. That fentanyl thing, they're saying just dead. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And becoming more and more. I mean, it's. Well, you know whose fault it is. God. Say it. And that's, I don't want to talk about anything else. You know who it is. I don't want to talk Ooh. about anything else that's super negative right now, but like that fire over in Maui. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, obviously, the Canadian fires took place, and we don't know if they're still taking place and what the results were, but this fire in Maui in Lahaina, I believe. La, How did it start? I don't know. I guess there was, there was a fire somewhere, and then there was like hurricane Jeez. winds that kind of just blew them everywhere. And look at the town before. And then the town afterwards, and obviously a lot of places in Hawaii revolve around tourism and people visiting. I am very fortunate that I've gotten the opportunity to go to Hawaii a few different times. I've never been to this particular place, but that is like the coolest place I've ever been to ever. You land in Hawaii and it just feels different. And obviously there's a lot of history there and everything like that, but the locals are nice. The vibes are cool. And once you start learning about the importance of how that island Mm -hmm. and what it has done for the United States of America, Mm -hmm. you can't help but fall in love with the place. So whenever you hear news like this, it's just a damn shame because that is devastating what happened there. And being able to build that back up after COVID, right? COVID shut down the island for like two, three, all the islands for like two years. You know, because my wife and I were planning on getting married there, flying all of our friends over there. Then obviously COVID comes can't do it. So then they think they're going to open the island up again. Oh, we're going to do it again. But no, it's like two years, no money coming to the island pretty much. Now, I know they have businesses and everything like that, but tourism, huge. So for something like that to happen to that town is devastating. And we'd like to let all the ooses know we are so sorry that happened. There's a fund being promoted right now, I think by Kirk Herbstreet, who's obviously been to this place a lot of times and numerous others. If you'd like to help Hawaii, certainly go ahead and do that. We will. But these fires are starting to scare the shit out of me more and more every single day. Because mm-hmm. they just don't stop. No. That's where I went yeah, when I went to Maui. It was the most beautiful place I've ever been in my entire life. Ooh. It was amazing. 
I thought it was why volcano. is it happening? I, yeah, I don't know. That's I, what thought, I thought I thought volcano erupted. Oh yeah, but that, I don't think that was it. Mm. No, I don't think it was a volcano. It was just fire that. So it's a fire that started. And the winds were crazy and yeah. carried it all over the and place. It, and they were going torched the place. They were already oh. very very dry. So it was just terrible conditions. Yeah, perfect storm. Jesus. Oh, oh back again. rim today. Yeah. Son of a bitch. You guys watch the Johnny Manziel doc? Oh, yeah. 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 I'm going to. I haven't yet. Here, it's great. Oh, what? Yeah, it's he good. said he never watched film, AJ. I did see that clip when he said zero, I guess. Enough. So he wasn't even trying to fake it, I guess, huh? No. I don't want to watch it. He must have been throwing games. I don't know if you're missing much. I don't want to watch it. I've seen the clips. You know? He played him back. I know. He was easy to pick. The first half hour. Obviously, he wasn't watching no <laughs> goddamn film. We knew that when he was going into the game. Well, we're going to get two of these motherfuckers today. You got one on Johnny Manziel? Oh, yeah. How easy? It was so easy. And I think a lot of Hating people. Hating him, too. Ball late. So, like, I think a lot of people. Like, I'm, I'm a Johnny Manziel fan just because of the, the story was happening at an age in which I'm like, this dude's wild. Like, this guy's crazy. And kind of reliving it, I think a lot of people through the documentary are, are enjoying doing that. But you, you, you get given some abilities that people dream of. And you treat it the way you treat it and the way it gets portrayed in this documentary. I think there's going to be some people that are going to be like, who cares? This guy squandered the opportunity of a lifetime because he couldn't get together. I think it's a good story for younger athletes to mm-hmm. watch and learn about, about what's possible and what could take place. Sure. But I, I don't know if I want to watch the doc just because of some of the things that have come out of it. But I'm happy he seems to be happy. Oh, geez, back. There you go. I mean, Already up 20 nothing. Yeah, had to do what you had to do. Dance on his face, too. Give me, <laughs> mm-hmm. give me one of these things. Great play there. Pack a little bit of money. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Gotta do that. Was the, was the Manziel oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, I'm kind of torn on whether or not I should watch it because I enjoy the thought of him being all the way back, like, and happy and on the other side. He is, though. He can still have all that in his past and be back. It should make you feel even better. Like, wow, look where he has come from. Yeah, yeah. but I guess, like, in the mo- in the documentary, it's well, not. If you ne- watch it, you might not necessarily think that. Oh. No. They don't talk about the shot bar? Well, he's having a beer, I guess, at the end. A lot of people are like, a lot of people. Wait, in- we never asked him. Did he say, was he ever sober or did he, did he ever talk about that? No, but he talks about in the documentary how, like, he had substance abuse issues and drinking issues and stuff like that. And that's like, fine, you don't need to go completely sober. But, like, the doc opens with him and, like, his boys in Scottsdale clearly, like, you know, drinking and, like, yeah. smoking and stuff like that. And it closes uh, okay. that way. So it's like. I don't know. I got the impression it's like you're saying all this shit, but like it's very evident, or at least I thought like this dude hasn't changed at all. Yeah, yeah. he has to feel bad, right? Is what I definitely did not feel bad. I probably won't watch that either, Pat. You know what I mean? Like I'll probably wait. I'll wait. Some of the stories from it, like you know, and like again, I mean, all being either in college or like kind of around that time and remembering all that kind of stuff, like that was cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like as a person and everything like that, I wouldn't say I came out of it being like. Man, I really feel bad for Johnny Manziel, but now he's on the other side of it, and I'm I'm happy that he's doing great. Like I didn't I didn't feel like that at all after. Go ahead, Foxy. He went to rehab once; it went well, and then he went again and he escaped. So he just said, "Fuck this," you know. Yeah, first half like, hour. Reliving the highlights okay. really was the coolest part. Okay, he w- he made A and M absolutely appointment TV. Oh, like yes. you were watching when A and M played when he was. It was awesome. And they said uh, in the documentary, it shows first high school football play. 80-yard touchdown. Gets called back for a holding. Second play in high school, 90-yard touchdown. So literally, like, 
as soon as he got onto a football field, yeah, yeah. success. Yeah. yeah, and it was the same play too. Like he, he, they talk about it and they show the film of it after you know they call the same Manzel run basically right up the middle, and he looks to the sideline thinking that it was like a screw up. Nope, run the same play, ninety yards. It, it was unbelievable. The the highlights are awesome. That's yes. why I say the first half hour. See, I'm I'm a fan of Johnny Manziel. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking about not watching it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's like because I saw a lot of people on the. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that loved it. I was gonna yeah. say I don't know if I'm in the minority or you're the not majority. the only one though. Yeah, you're not. The, you're no. not the. Only, there's a lot of people that are tweeting about like how they feel like the people around Johnny Manziel are doing Johnny Manziel a disservice. Bingo. You know, and how, like, there's a lot of things that happened around, like, the decisions that he was making, and now it's still, like, being promoted pretty much. Yeah. It's almost like a, a ticking time bomb is how, like, some people were taking it. I don't know if they're grandstanding. I didn't watch it. I like Johnny Manziel, yeah. so I'm just going to continue to like Johnny Manziel and just keep it moving. He does hammer home how much regret he lives with, but he's still, at the end of it, it kind of just seems like, ah, fuck it. Like, it is what it is. I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah. yeah. All right, so. Yeah. I saw the clips. Yeah. Sounds like he was living. Mm-hmm. Just loving. Just living. He was. <laughs> In the NFL, he didn't watch any film. That came out, obviously, yeah. and I, I appreciate the fact that he owned that, but I'm sure some of his teammates were like, Ooh, yeah, what the hell? Man. You know, so yeah. I just don't want to watch. That's that was my one of Skip, Skip's famous ones, right? Didn't he say he's going to go down as like one of the best? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Skip, right. hey, yeah. Skip's getting a lineup together, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Rachel oh, Nichols, yeah. Rachel Nichols, Richard Sherman, yep. Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne, oh, and they're just going to continue to rotate through. I think it's going to feel like first take a little bit, but like the Skip Bayless show almost. Lil Wayne's every Friday. I do think it's those three for most days. They said panelists, right? Yeah. So I, and then so, I saw a co-host thing. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is someone in the middle? Is there going to be someone in the middle between the two that face off? Uh, so there wasn't at the end there. Remember yeah. uh, the yeah. lady? What was was her name? Oh, um, Jenny. Is it Jenny? Jenny, Jenny Taft. 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 Jenny Taft. Yeah. Was she? She, she was, was there for a long time. Yeah. They had a couple. Someone else was. They on were not too. like when COVID started. Other room. Remember, yeah. like they have their isolated shot, and yeah. Shannon and Skip were at a table all by themselves. They main they continued to do that yeah. after. Well, what does it look like now? They said panelists, like is Skip Bayless going to be sitting there, like uh, with like people around the table? I don't know. No. I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, I was you think you're going to let you're going to let him talk? Have like three other people talk before Skip gives his point, or like gets to reap? There's no way. Yeah, I don't know. And then what's going on with Shannon? I'm excited to see that. I heard some rumors, some rumblings, yeah. but nothing really. Nothing yet. Yet, no. I'm excited to see how that kind of pans out. ESPN bet is something that's coming, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Congrats to ESPN. That'll be fun. Congrats to Dave Portnoy as well. I guess the deal that he was able to, the deals he was able to do will go down as a master class on getting paid for a business. And he seems to be in a good spot getting that company all the way back. Everybody's happy. ESPN probably happy they've got a sportsbook deal Mm -hmm. done. Seems like all parties win here, but we know nothing. I've got a lot of people that have asked me, hey, what do you know? No idea. I have no idea. Now, a sportsbook partner for ESPN was certainly chatted about in my negotiations. Like, hey, I, uh, I understand what is happening in the world right now, and that's a pretty big bucket in sports media right yep. now. So I wasn't on like the ends of the conversations, but certainly prepared for it in negotiations. So I was happy to see that they signed a sports book deal. And I'm pumped yeah. to see if one of these ones that are named after an entity can work. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Fox bet did not work. No. Terrible. 
Mm-hmm. Very. Big. I didn't know there was one. Bingo. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> uh, Barstool Sportsbook. It did not work nationally. Nope. It was uh, the market share was not there. It did not work. There's a lot of money and focus going into this sports gambling mm-hmm. because a lot of people view it as a trillion dollar business. That did not work. There's been others that have been like named after something that did not work. Will ESPN bet be the one that works because they have so many games and dominate so much of the conversation, have so much real estate all over the place? We shall see. The tech's going to have to be good. Bingo. So that's the only thing that we, uh, as people... That's like one of the biggest things, right? It's the only thing thing that matters. Like the interface has to be easy and has to be... You're going to pull away from someone else. It needs to be better than someone else's. Yeah, Yeah. because people in a lot of states, 20, whatever it is, have their place where they're gambling, Mm -hmm. and they probably enjoy it. The reason why they enjoy it is because for them it's easy to use, the odds are good, and payouts are quick. Now, regulations... The payouts are going to be quick. But the tech is the only thing that's going to matter. Like, whenever this thing debuts, whenever it is, it is going to have to be good. Because if it crashes or it doesn't have the same bets or capabilities of other places, all you're going to hear is people bitch about what it doesn't have. And that's going to be a tough hurdle to get in there. But I would assume everybody at ESPN and at Penn know that. Yes. And then whenever it rolls out, it'll be ready to go. You would think that would be something. They give... Do these sports books and these apps, do they give big incentives to the, like, the whales to try to get them to come over to their platform and, and gamble with them? Like in a casino, like Dana White can go in and get favorable. They can go and negotiate favorable odds on different games. So he only plays a Red Rock, I believe, because the Fertitas own that. Yep. Everywhere yeah. else. He's, he's got booted from everywhere else. Yeah, he's been banned from everywhere else. But Red Rock, like, it's kind of become a thing, like the Dana White room. People go gamble <laughs> with Dana White, which is mm-hmm. – Pretty good marketing. Mm-hmm. It seems like everybody wins too. I don't know how Red Rock's taking that on the shins every single time, but <laughs> Phil, yeah. I, I, Phil's I, been winning, right? I would assume. Well, yeah, well, yeah, well. So let's that. let's talk about Phil Mickelson tomorrow. Yeah, okay. And his gambling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But congrats. I'm reading, that, I'm reading the book when it comes out. Yep, me as well. Yeah. Congrats to ESPN, Penn, Barstool, yeah. everything, everybody. Congrats. Way to go, everybody. Happy for everybody. We'll be excited to see how that pans out. Doesn't change our show though. Nope. No, not at all. No, no. I hope that deck's good. Me too. Well, because it's gonna stink if it's not. For because uh, hopefully, they, yeah, get some coders in there, right? Like lock in and write that code. Yeah, because I don't know what the Barstool Sportsbook is like right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. not sure. Because we were a FanDuel for so long, and FanDuel's tech is very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like FanDuel's tech is solid. So we're with FanDuel. So I'm not gonna go anywhere. I haven't checked out the one, but I would assume they know that the tech and the customer. Is the most important. Is the only yeah. thing that, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Because ESPN shouldn't have a problem letting people know that it exists. Yeah. Right. That, that, yeah, that part will take care of itself. And they Back potentially in. have, like, a, you know, a pretty good team coming up with ideas mm-hmm. that recently joined, you know, that hopefully. Let's hope. We'll be able to work a little bit, you know, hopefully. Oh. But that's going to have to be good. Speaking of code, yeah. what are you doing? Well, I don't know. We were part of the number one fucking sports book for a long time. Didn't get a lot of credit there. Got paid the most out of anybody that was there. I think there's pie graphs that showcase a lot of things, which is why we got the deal that we got. Mm-hmm. But. 250,000 people. You know. One bet. Largest ever. Super Bowl. Didn't hit, though. Fuck! So close. So, you know, I, I didn't want to continue down the path of, like, giving out bets that were promoted and boosted in losing people money. That weighed on. That was a lot, dude. Yeah. Tough. Genuinely feel bad with the people tweeting you and sending messages in pictures. 
I thought you guys were going to get this plus 800 one right finally. I bet 25 bucks, you fucking lose me. Like, those were very, last year we were very bad. So that definitely weighed into the decision of, like, don't necessarily just want to, you know, do that. No. I would rather. Especially not for a whole season. I would rather stay away from that particular aspect. So when ESPN bet comes in, I think a lot of people are like, oh, here we go. Same thing that happened with FanDuel has with ESPN bet. It's like, I'm not, I have not signed up for that. No. I have not. I have not signed up for that, AJ. That was, I am a person that has a conscience. I do feel bad. Like when people say terrible things about me, I do think about them. I do weigh them heavy. When we were giving out bets and losing, Jesus Christ, those were long nights, tough mornings. I mean, they're plus 800. People should fucking know. It's not your fault. Yeah, but they don't. They, you know? Know, they, yeah. they, they don't. Whose fault is that? Well. Well, it's theirs, but he's still, yeah, take, sure. he's still so, taking it on the yeah. I mean, That's a rational take. Yeah. It's literally called that's a bet. Bro, we were passing that saddle around. Somebody has to get hot in here yeah. somewhere. Who has any idea of a bet that could win? You? Perfect. Pretty tough. Pretty pretty tough to figure that out sometimes. Dude, we got killed last year. The greatest mm-hmm. of all time was like 58, 60%. Like, yeah, Phil Mickelson yeah. lost $100 million after gambling a billion. Vegas yeah. Dave? Billy Walters. Billy Walters, the guy that wrote, yeah, I wrote the book. Phil. All right, let's take a break. Oh, okay. Let's take about a 20-hour break or so. We'll be back tomorrow. A lot of things to talk about. We'd like to learn more about the Phil Mickelson situation. Yeah. yeah. yeah because I think a cool thing to do a full... Kind of made a pie chart for yeah. that. Yeah. On Phil oh, man. being like having an actual problem. Like we shouldn't crack jokes about it, but Phil kind of has. Yeah. The amount of to. bets. The amount yeah. of bets and obviously the money is just astronaut way more than anything I thought would happen. Eight hundred and thirty eight, two hundred and twenty thousand dollar bets over a four year period. <laughs> oh my god. It's absurd. Yeah. Eight hundred and thirty eight, two hundred and This isn't even counting the bets he's made with people individually all oh over the place god. too when he's doing things. Bro, he's making twenty thousand dollar long shot NBA five game parlays. Just <laughs> fuck it. Here we go. He said he gambled a billion dollars over like a four-year period or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm going to go to live. Man. Man. I'm going to get this 450 million. Yeah, need it back. Jeez Louise. That's, a prob- that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the type of thing, though, that is shut down by the modern sports apps with the regulations and like government being like, yeah, we got to protect people from themselves. If yeah. if sports gambling was legal when Phil Mickelson was doing all this stuff, the apps all would have shut down. Oh, yeah. Like, they, nope. Nope. Let him. Nope. And then they call the bank too and be like, hey, don't let this guy take any more money out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's in trouble right now. We are letting you know. We are benefiting greatly, but also got to save this guy from himself at some point. Looking out for him. This guy's got no friends around him telling him to stop. No. That's what it felt like we were reading. No, guys, yeah. It feels like the whole golf community is a big bet community. Big yeah, it is. We well, could see how you would. I mean, well, we just and the other day we found out he's still betting a hundred uh, million dollars on nine. So. Yeah, one G with uh, DeChambeau. What's one G mean, though? After reading that book, might be two million. Yeah. Could be. Could be. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm sure it'll be a great show tomorrow. Yeah. Hell yeah. Feel good Friday. Feel good Friday. Games to react to. Hell yeah. We got two games tonight. Uh, two games tonight. Hammer Don. is in 15 minutes. Are you picking the games for tonight? Yeah. Okay. We will watch there, see what we're winning on. Remember, they're 0 for 1. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Yeah, Hammer Down Boys are 0 for 1 on NFL preseason games. But tonight they're about to go 2 and 0 to be above 500. Mm-hmm. We're going to be winning bets, watching games, reacting to them tomorrow. Join us, will you? We hope you will. Be a friend, tell a friend something nice. It might change their life. Goodbye. Tell me.